Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. That's the sound of a party. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as Mom. the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. And, uh, I, you know, I, I love being able to say this, but today it, it's like for real. Have we got a show for you today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited about it. Uh, Alina Branch returns our our uh, world famous and very favorite bourbon uh, bourbon evangelist, whiskey evangelist from uh, Garrison Brothers. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me again. And you brought along some guy named Garrison. Yes, I brought a friend. <laughs> I'm the better looking brother. Uh, <laughs> good to know, Charlie Garrison. Welcome to the show. Thank Let you. me just stop before we do anything else, and thank you for all you do. Not at all. All I do is drink. Right. So I, right. I'm happy to be. Well, but somebody's making the whiskey. But with a higher purpose, yes. <laughs> yes that's right. That's right. Uh, no, welcome, Garrison Brothers. Of course, we know uh, we know quite a bit about Garrison Brothers, but I have a feeling you can tell us even more. And we're uh, excited to excited to learn and ask you all kinds of, you know, just questions about the process and about Texas whiskey and about um, you know how how it was for you guys going through sure. bars being closed down and all the other things uh, during during covid so we'll get to a whole bunch of that as soon as we uh, kick into the show in full gear but i want to say hello to my erstwhile co-host and good friend mr ian barry how you doing brother good how are you doing today i'm i'm feeling good i got it's, uh, it's a good day i got a show here you brought me a cold kolsch which is it's so cold that it's sweating on the counter now, Allstat, a that's an Allstat kolsch and that's yeah. from right around your neck of the woods yeah, it's up in Fredericksburg. Yeah, yeah have you yeah. seen that brewery oh it's insane it's beautiful yeah, it's yeah awesome. I, I have not seen it is it just a, a thing to behold you know how cool it is when you walk in at Disneyland, you see the castle oh, and everything? Oh, yeah, totally. It's like that okay. with beer. It's a castle. You're driving it is down actually the road, a you castle. look up, and there's a castle that, there. That makes it better than Disneyland, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes, yes. Better than Disneyland. That should be their slogan, Allstat. Better than Disneyland. <laughs> it's a castle with beer. Uh, well, we are uh, excited to be bringing you show number 255. Ian wowed me last week. We were talking about the show. and That is halfway to 300, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that it certainly is. And we were talking about the show and you you basically like clicked the light bulb on for me that this we've been doing this for over five years yeah the more you know that was what it sounded like actually in my head when I, uh, I, I honestly can't believe we've been doing this for five years or or more so it's uh it's that's you know what it made me think of in, in immediately was how much beer, whiskey, tequila, and rum that meant we have that we had consumed. <laughs> uh, and the answer is a lot. We'll do more today, of course. Uh, Charlie and Elena have brought uh, some Garrison Brothers goodies for us to talk about and try. And we'll be tasting some beers. Ian from uh, Portland, Maine. Allagash Brewing Company. We've had some of their beers on the show before. I've actually uh, uh, drank quite a few of their beers when I lived up in the it's, New England it's area. It's hard to find a bad it's beer hard. from Allagash. Yeah, it really is. And I have a feeling you're going to like today's. It's called Woven in Time. It's a dark ale brewed with millet and smoked maple syrup. I don't know this one at all. I don't. I don't know about a beer with millet. So that'll be the that'll be the interesting uh, thing. But I'm not sure. even sure what millet is. Actually, it, it's like a it's like a a, a, a grain. Some kind of grain. Right? It's yeah. a grain. It's yeah. a grain that's that's sort of. Uh, I don't know. When I think of millet, I think of stuff that you eat when you don't have rice and can't afford beans. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, or if you're super ultra vegan, I think there's uh -huh. some millet in in the uh, the vegan in foods? the vegan diet. Yeah. 
Uh, but anyway, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what it tastes like in a beer, and we will do that. Now, uh, then we will shift our attention to Birmingham, Alabama, uh, for a, uh, a brewery that I'm hoping this is like the owner's or head brewer's name. Because if not, it's kind of a... It's not the best name. It's Trim Tab Brewing Company. It's what? Trim Tab. Trim Tab. I know. Yeah, the jokes just start jumping I'm out. I'm sure there's a story. Yeah, there must be. Or or it could be the, the last name. I don't know the answer. We'll oh, it's one that. word. Yeah, Trim Tab. Okay. All one word. Trim Tab Brewing Company, though, <clears throat> they have uh, put out something called Satin Steel. It's a double IPA. And uh, I can't wait for you to see the can on this because it's got... The logo for Satin Steel looks just like a bad 80s hairband logo. It's I love wonderful. It yeah, it's just it's just all multicolored and shiny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's we've had a few cans like that that are yeah. very 80s retro. Yes, yeah. but it seems to be it seems to be a trend. And it makes me think of what was the name of, of Bill and Ted's uh band? Wild Stallions. <laughs> That's that, with a Y. Stallions. Yeah. yeah. That uh, that will be one of our beers today. And then from Anderson Valley Brewing Company uh, in Boonville, California. We've had some of their beers on before. Uh, we will be trying their Salted Caramel Porter. Mm. And that's just what it's called. Salted Caramel that Porter. sounds good. I want to know what's in it. They didn't go for the fancy name. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I believe it has been aged in bourbon barrels. So, nice. uh, so we'll be looking forward to trying all of that. And I wanna, uh, one of the things I want to get into is, uh, is uh, as far as uh, collaborating uh, between whiskeys and breweries, is that something you guys are, are, are ever looking to do? Is it something you've done before and I'm just not aware? It is. We do it all the time. We, uh, you know, a barrel should be used for anything, I believe. I think you should make breakfast with barrels, lunch with barrels. I love that idea. So when we're using barrels for our bourbon, I can use them once mm-hmm. by law. So when I'm done right, with that bourbon barrel. a bourbon barrel can only be used one time. Yep. So when I'm done, it's got to be used for something. And the beer guys show up all the time. <laughs> I bet they do. Doing really cool stuff. Some hot sauce companies. But the beer guys love it. Like yeah. tequilas and rums, scotches. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the, it's, it's, become, it's become more and more common to see uh, breweries and distilleries Actually, not just you know sharing barrels back and forth, but actually kind of collaborating on a brew or yeah. on a whiskey, and uh, and that's something that's kind of it's just kind of interesting to watch. The thing that I love about what's happening in the craft spirits and the craft beer industries right now is it just feels like creativity is at an all time high. I mean, there's there's certain things obviously that you have to do in order to be called a bourbon, for example. Sure. But it feels like people are just trying all kinds of crazy new ideas, and it just makes you wonder how much that, fun it must be to be in your sampling room when the when new things are started. bourbon is going through that same kind of renaissance that beer had gone through, especially in the late 90s and mm-hmm. early 2000s, where they're just trying everything yeah, with it. It's yeah, kind of yeah. Some, of it, some of it just makes me smile. But the beer guys got us to the dance. If it wasn't for the beer guys going through, right. figuring out the legislations, figuring out how to get craft into the into lexicon. Negotiating mm-hmm. TABC. Right. Exactly. Yeah, if it exactly. wasn't for those guys, the guys at Jester King, there were some legends out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and it was, they blazed the trail yep. and then everybody was able to kind of uh, start backing them up and, and, mm-hmm. and putting some things out there. Even in the world of agave spirits, there's so much creativity right now. People are, you know, trying 
uh, Mexican agave spirits that are not tequila because they aren't they don't come from there, but they've tried, you know, making them differently. There's an explosion in mezcal right now. Mezcal, uh, sotol, yeah, yeah so both of those yeah. things are oh, becoming yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I uh, we had our our oddly enough our whiskey expert Chris Hart was on the show uh, several months ago and he brought some sotol. Remember that? Yeah, it yeah. was fantastic, incredibly interesting. Yeah, very grassy. very interesting. Yeah, very yeah. green grassy. It was kind like of it was like yeah. it was like the <laughs> gin the gin of Mexican spirits. You know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it was, uh, but it was really good. So I just love the creativity, and we're seeing it in beer more and more. Sometimes it works. A lot, most of the time it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but no. that's okay, you know? I enjoy every now and then trying something and going, well, this is not my favorite, we but I'm glad a, they tried it. We tried it. a hop whiskey, uh, hopped whiskey uh, a oh, few years back, oh. and it was... That horrific, was, but yeah. hey, kudos for them trying. Yeah, God bless right. them. Exactly I mean, like, right. Seriously, we opened the bottle and it just made the whole room reek. It was yeah. so and bad. and yet, uh, if you talk about uh, what is is it, Glenfiddich that does the IPA cast? Yeah, uh, they did the IPA. That's cast. a wonderful. Uh, uh, Jameson whiskey. does an IPA cast yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and a stout cast. So just because they they tried with one and it didn't work, there may be other ways. Oh yeah, to, it's worth you know, trying. At least yeah. you know what doesn't work. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that. I wonder if that hopped whiskey is still on the market. I haven't I seen it. I haven't in a while. seen it either. The company makes a bunch of other things that, yeah. are, that look very interesting. Yeah, and we'll they apparently push the uh, envelope quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit, particularly in that case. So, uh, so it's been an interesting week. We have a rainy day going on here in our hometown of Houston today. I oh, know that's weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird for it to stick around anyway. Yeah, right. uh, but uh, I was wondering if you'd had an opportunity, Ian, to smoke anything interesting. This I went morning. out on my patio this morning. Yeah, and uh, I grabbed a cigar out of my humidor. Yeah. Recently, uh, split a few boxes with a buddy of mine, and one of the ones he uh, gave me is one I hadn't had before. is a Donalino Africa Duma. Oh, that's have very interesting. That I have. It's a very interesting cigar. So this was a uh, this is a robusto five by fifty. This is a Nestor Miranda uh, AJ Fernandez collab. Oh, so AJ was involved in yes, this. It okay. Is, yes, it is. Uh, and he had apparently released instant cred, <clears throat> right? Yeah, instant cred. Uh, he had apparently released this cigar years ago and then brought it back. But the newest iteration is a, a blend by AJ Fernandez or in collaboration with AJ Fernandez. I was going to say, I think I had one, but it was ten years ago. Yeah, so that would have been a different, uh, vastly different version okay. of it than this one. And uh, and I hadn't had it, so I figured, you know, I'll try it. This had a, a Habano Ecuadorian wrapper, uh, Cameroon binder, and Dominican. Uh, Dominican filler. The appearance on this was medium, light brown, a uh, large band with a footer on it. It's a really pretty cigar. Uh, a box pressed, a little bit veiny on the uh, wrapper, leathery to the touch, with a little oil on the uh, on the uh, wrapper. It's not a very pretty cigar. The when I was looking closely at the construction, it could just be the one one that I had. And I have another one in my humidor. Maybe I Sometimes the it. wrapper leaf, though, is but, just, uh, yeah. But the construction had, like, the cap on it, had a few flaws and things like that. And I didn't think twice about it. I mean, I've smoked a lot of cigars that looked pretty ugly. And, um, and many of them are quite good. So. Yeah, many of them are just <laughs> fine. So uh, uh, medium soft uh, on the um, on the, uh, on the the feel overall. Mm-hmm. wasn't packed super tight or anything like that. The pre-light sniff on this, I got... Barnyard, earth, and a little bit of brownie, like brownie batter, kind of at the Ooh. foot. Yeah, it was really interesting. That's and that's right up my alley. That's, it smelled really good mm-hmm. to me. The pre-light draw I used a punch on it. Had an effortless draw. Got a little bit of fruit cake with hints of chocolate and a lot of pepper going on on the uh, nice. pre-light draw. The initial light, tangy pepper blast, very peppery retrohale with slight sweetness. Now, I want to tell you that this cigar clocks in at a medium, mostly. Uh, if you're a cigar smoker who likes mild to medium cigars, 
you're going to have to get past the initial light on this cigar. Once okay. you do, you'll be quite happy. So the with initial it. light is a little more than medium. The initial light is, is pretty down. pretty tangy <laughs> and peppery. It's uh it's pretty pretty. It's like that first taste of uh that very first taste of whiskey. Sometimes is a little strong, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to get mm-hmm. your palate. You got to go in gently. Yeah. Right, right. So um, uh, but yeah. So and there was a slight uh, sweetness to it as well. Uh, See, kind I of remember, underlying. I remember maybe the original one, maybe that I had ten years ago. It seemed like it was a real sort of a Maduro sweetness that it had to it, you know? Yeah, see, I don't have anything to compare that to. Yeah. But this one had a slight sweetness underlying. The first third of the cigar, uh, black and white pepper are prominent. Both oak and cedar were kind of detected. It had that oaky dryness and some nice uh, fresh-cut <laughs> cedar kind of uh, notes to it. Uh, sweet, creamy undertone to it. Hints of brownie batter. Occasional dark fruit flavors. Uh, the retrohale is bold pepper and wood at this point. Solid ash. Perfect burn. I mean, it burned like a razor. That's awesome. Yeah, it was nice. And then it went out. Oh, no. It just, I set it down, and seconds later, it was completely cold. Wow. I know. That's what I said. I wonder if it was the wrapper, you know, because sometimes those funkier wrappers, the Ecuadorian Habano wrappers, and so sometimes they just, it's just the construction of the leaf. It just doesn't always keep burning without a little uh, yeah. retouch. You, you know, know, when you relight a cigar, uh, you want to tip off all of the ash, and sometimes some of the ash hangs on, so you want to brush off as mm-hmm. much of it as you can. Well, when I tipped off the ash, every bit of it fell off. Like, it was perfect for relight. Just so I relit it. Okay. No penalty. That is good to know. Zero penalty. That is good to I know. I couldn't believe it. Like it, it, it. like, it never went out. It was instant, and, like, it never went out. It lit back up with no uh, problem. Which was, that was just a weird moment for me. It, was, yeah. it took two seconds, you know, but uh, it was a weird moment that it went out that cold. Uh, sweetness moves forward. Brownie and chocolate flavors are in abundance, followed by the oaky notes. Underlying dark fruitiness, backed by pepper, uh, round out the flavor profile. The retrohales, charred oak and toast. Uh, solid ash, perfect burn for the whole uh, next third of the cigar. I loved how uh, everything in it so far has been just uh, developing and changing. It's a very mm-hmm. complex cigar. There's a lot of things going on. I like when the flavors just kind of. But it, it really was like throughout, like the first and second third of it, really turning into something. So That's you're awesome. you're watching it. The flavors kind of evolve. The last third is big, fluffy smoke. I really like it. Paired exceptionally well with the coffee I was drinking. Um, dark fruit flavors and oaky notes move ahead of the chocolatey uh, flavors as if taking turns. Pepper. Remains in the background along with cedar and a creamy sweetness that is a foundation of the palate on this cigar. Medium body, I, I, I made a note on here. This is a great cigar for anyone looking to step up for milder blends or wanting to expand more into complex blends. Mm-hmm. This cigar had a lot of things going on. Uh, a couple uh, quick things that I didn't write down. Towards the very end of this, I started picking up a little bit of a cinnamon note in it that was very mm-hmm. pleasant uh, just towards the end of it. I smoked it down to pretty much a nub. Solid ash, great burn. Even with it going cold on me once, the relight without the penalty actually negates that completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. This is a $9 cigar yeah. for a 5 by 50 That's not a very big cigar, but it smoked for uh, an hour almost uh, exactly, and uh, I gave it a 9 no, I mean, I'm sorry, I gave it a 6 $9. <laughs> $9 <laughs> so. and a 6 So our price-to-quality scale is a 1 to 10 scale, but if we give something a 5 that means we get... You got exactly what you paid for, so that's why he almost bowled me over when he said a nine. Yeah, I was no, like, "Holy cow!" Nine dollars ago, I wrote, I wrote it backwards on my. Uh, so no, when but, it went out, is it possible you were standing in the rain? 
<laughs> no, I was under my just trying to yeah. make sure I understand. So I, mean, I, was, I might have been distracted by the cat. If you notice, there's a cat in one of the pictures. Oh, uh, I didn't see that. I'll have to look <laughs> back at that again. So it's six, though. That's oh, a, you know what? I just realized I didn't send the pictures, did I, Adam? Ah, <laughs> so there isn't a cat one so, pictures. I'll post them later. Okay, you'll have to post them on the uh, on the Facebook feed. So, uh, <laughs> no wonder Adam was looking at you kind of funny <laughs> when you said that. Uh, well, my cigar was pretty interesting uh, this week. When I first started smoking cigars, uh, Macanudo was one of my favorite brands. The light-bodied Connecticut wrapper cigars were always extremely well made and easy to smoke. But as my tastes have changed over the years. Uh, these days, I don't smoke that many of the mellower sticks, so uh, Macanudo is not usually where I go when I walk into the big walk-in humidor at my right. favorite tobacconist. Uh, but I got the Macanudo Crew Royale, a Toro, in a group of cigars for my birthday. Thank you, Lionel. Uh, and from the very beginning, it looked much different than your Cafe Hyde Park Macanudo that I was uh, more used to from, from back in the day. And so I thought, all right, this should be interesting. A few bumps and veins on the wrapper, but overall, a pretty nice-looking cigar. Darker colored than your usual Macanudos. And the pre-light sniff was nice and rich, which I really uh, got me kind of excited about it. Um, the draw gave me nice amounts of leather. Uh, some nuttiness and some really rich tobacco notes. The wrapper on this baby is an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, just like the one you uh, smoked. Uh, it's and, and by the way, those that leaf. I'm just discovering this because we've had I've had a number of cigars that mm -hmm. use that wrapper. That's just not a smooth leaf. So you're not going to no get in texture. You mean yeah, right? Yeah, yeah not in flavor. And yeah, yeah. No, talking about texture. So you're not going to get one of those. Uh, cigar uh, cigars that looks like a Padron anniversary. Right, it's right. Just beautifully sleek and stuff. That's not, this is a little rugged, a little more rugged. They looking. are soft to the touch, though. Overall, yes, they have a yes. uh, they have a nice soft. And the flavor is terrific on them. So uh, I understand why they're being used as much. So Ecuadorian Habana wrapper, a Dominican La Vega Especial binder. And for those of you who That's easy don't, for you to say. well, for those of you who don't <laughs> speak Spanish. Uh, La Vega Especial is uh, Spanish for the Vega Especial. Oh, man. I'm glad <laughs> so, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> glad I could clear that up. Uh, filler was from Nicaragua, <laughs> Brazil, and the Dominican Republic. I used my trusty punch cutter and lit the cigar up. Right from the beginning, I could tell it wasn't going to be a powerhouse, but this was not your father's Macanudo, for sure. Uh, no Nicaraguan pepper blast, but there was enough of a pepper note, even early on, to leave a distinct tang on the tongue that was nice. A lot of leather and cedar in the first third. Great draw, perfect burn, as Ian likes to say. I to say it's a very bold-looking cigar, yes, yeah. by the way. Just, uh, right, it, just, really, it has a very and especially, uh, it has a presence to it. When I think mm. Macanudo, I always think, you know, mellow. You know, right? Easy, and uh, this is much bolder and kind of uh, kind of jumps out at you. Um, an almost razor straight line of burn uh, was hanging on for about an inch before I flicked it off. Felt like I was tempting fate, so I uh, <laughs> uh, so I uh, flicked it off. Second, third got a little more complex nuttiness mixed with some earth and a hint of cocoa. Uh, not a chocolate bomb by any means, but there was some cocoa and maybe a little bit of cinnamon that kind of came to the forefront. Final third was very good. Rich tobacco notes, white pepper, a leathery finish, and some earth on the retrohale. Uh, construction continued to be outstanding. But then I remembered Macanudo construction was always outstanding yeah, yeah. when I would uh, when I would smoke those back in the day. So um, it, room note was very pleasant. Overall, it was very good. Comparable to maybe a Rocky Patel Edge or an Alec Bradley Black Market. Not a powerhouse, but definitely medium-bodied. 
Uh, it does make me wonder a little bit about the branding, though. Uh, Macanudo is pretty much synonymous with good quality, lighter-bodied cigars. Mm -hmm. The Cru Royale was great, but is is it confusing for them to have something like this in the line? I mean, would it make sense to you if Diesel had a light-bodied Connecticut? That would be weird version, right? Exactly. But you know, Macanudo is a brand because they they do a lot of lighter-bodied cigars. I think this one looks bolder than a lot of the other uh, cigars on see, so it actually has that kind right, of right. Well, and then if you think Boulder, about it, more austere look. If Porsche can make an SUV, I guess these guys can add anything to their uh, to their lineup that they want. To, SUV, you know? I think that I think that uh, the uh, what is it, the Amera the uh, Panamera, Panamera, that, that's yeah. straight up a station wagon, right? Yeah, that's that's their. That's <laughs> like their, they call them a crossover, but those are actually well, station their, wagons. Yeah, that's like their four door car, which <laughs> that just seems that just seems that just goes against everything I believe in. But, yeah, but the mid sized crossover yeah. idea, that, I, I, no, yeah, just no. I, I <laughs> station wagon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so overall, I enjoyed uh, the Crew Royale. The only strike against it maybe was the price. A Rocky Patel Edge is about seven bucks. Uh, you can get an Alec Bradley Black Market for seven to eight. Crew Royale is eight fifty to nine, depending on where you pick it up. Yeah, and that's not too bad if you want to try one. But I don't know that it beats those other cigars. So I'm going to say I recommend it. It was quite good, and it barely squeaks to a five on price to quality. Felt like it was worth it, but I don't know how it would do head to head against. A few of the yeah, body yeah. cigars that were, uh, you know, a, a dollar or two cheaper. So, uh, so anyway, there you go. The Macanudo Crew Royale, uh, definitely worth it. And I'm, I was really glad that I got one as a gift because I don't know if I would have bought one, you know. Uh, and and so it got me to experience and try it, and it was it, it was very cool. That's the that's the awesome thing about birthdays. If people give you cigars, you know, you get to try <laughs> nice, some things yeah. that might not be what you would have bought. Right. And it, uh, it can be uh, kind of cool. All right. Charlie Garrison and Alina Branch are here from Garrison Brothers, and that means we are just wasting time not tasting Garrison Brothers whiskey. So let's get into that in the next segment. Plus, we want to find out all about what's going on at Garrison Brothers these days. And, oh, we also have drinking news coming up on the show. And uh, that will be interesting largely because uh, the drinking news teaser headline today is, Officer, I'll be right back. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Yes, this is the is. program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts on the web for cigar lovers and the people who love them. Uh, check them out online, MyCigarShirts.com. New designs coming for fall, MyCigarShirts.com, because... Cigars. <coughs> yes, sir. We have a reason to celebrate here, because um, Real L just came out with their... This year's batch of coffee porter, and th this it's is something so that good. comes out this time of year, right? It's, it's yeah, a, it's it comes a out seasonal. this time of year. Yeah, that's and I it thought. is out of all the coffee beers, it is the coffee beer. Mm -hmm. You've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. It is a it's a strong contender in the coffee <laughs> yes. uh, in the coffee category. Um, in if I told you that a new cigar and whiskey bar just opened up in a very famous uh, city. What would be the last place you'd expect that to be? 
Saskatchewan? Well, maybe. I just said that because that's fun to say. Saskatchewan <laughs> is fun to say. <laughs> that's just one of those words, like Chapultepec. It's just fun to say. And even more, or, or Lake Titicaca. <laughs> Lake Titicaca. <laughs> that's always a fun one to say. That's a real place, so I, Okay, so uh, somewhere in Oklahoma. Uh, no, uh, that's that's not where it is. It's Indiana. The, you would never guess, though, that there'd be a new cigar and spirits bar opening in Beverly Hills, California. What? Yep, yep, it's happening. Now, uh, we've talked on this show. You guys don't know this, but, you know, if you haven't been to California recently um, and you are a cigar smoker, you can smoke a cigar anywhere you want as long as it's not outside or inside. Yeah, I believe that. Anywhere you want. And in California, to be able to smoke in an establishment. That's nuts. Well, we uh, we did a show from right, right. the uh, Beverly, Beverly Hills, Hills Cigar Lounge, and it's a great place. They are grandfathered in, mm -hmm. and they also have to... Um, there's there's some regulations they have to abide by. They can't by. hire employees and subject them to cigar smoke, so you can't... Like, that's, that's the reason they're... So they are, only family owned and only the family can run. Yeah, so the owner like that's and one his of the ways wife, they eke by it yeah, in Beverly yeah, Hills. They get by that. Well, they one of the very few elegant hotspots in Beverly Hills where you can not only take uh, uh, partake of some of the rarest spirits, but pair them with a premium cigar without uh, fear of being fined or possibly arrested, uh, is the newly opened Mayborn Beverly Hills Cigar and Whiskey Bar. It is apparently quite fancy, uh, and it is one of only four permitted lounges within the Beverly Hills city limits where you can smoke. We Somebody did a show from one of them. Somebody was greasing wheels. Yeah, well, they were, they, <laughs> apparently they were grandfathered in. Nazareth, the uh, Buena Vista Cigar Club, which is where we were, and the uh, Members Only Grand Havana Club. So it's tucked away upstairs from the Terrace Restaurant, and it is in Beverly Hills, and they've got a whole bunch of rare whiskeys if you're... Uh, you know, if you're into dropping a huge amount of money, I wonder if there. one third of their front yeah. door is covered with a smoking warning. Uh, probably, <laughs> that's probably true. You warning, probably, Surgeon yeah, General yeah. says. Actually, when you come in the front door, they give you a T-shirt with that warning and say you have to wear this while you're inside. Uh, that's, that's probably the way it goes. But I thought that was interesting. So uh, go check it out if you're in uh, California. The Mayborn, Beverly Hills Cigar and Whiskey Bar in the city limits. Of the lovely town of Beverly Madness. Hills. Yeah, yeah, just absolutely crazy. I am so excited that we have uh, Charlie and Alana from uh, Garrison Brothers here uh, with us today. And I noticed that you have four different bottles that you brought with you. Um, is that one more than you brought last time? Was it three last time? Oh, no, I think I brought five. Okay, five. okay maybe, maybe. You only remember just, the first three. I was, just, I was just wondering if there was something new. Uh, we really enjoyed the first two. Yeah. The last three, we're going to have to start with those so we can taste yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, is, is there something something new you guys are uh, excited about? Yes, the Guadalupe is our newest one that we just put out. Very excited for you all to try okay. that one. So uh, so when we when we go through our tasting here, uh, is the Guadalupe going to be last? Correct. Okay. Yeah. We're going to start with a small batch and work our way through right. something. Well, totally small there. batch is, uh, is just, it's just, just such a wonderful phrase, isn't it? Small batch. You immediately... It means nothing. Yeah, but, yeah. Your, but your expectations are immediately set, yes, right? Yes, yes. That it's going to be something special. It's been a fun debate why, why we call it small batch, because right. it's small batches, but that term means nothing. So right. we always argue with each other. Because what should we call it? In theory, it's, it's a catchphrase. In yeah. theory, any uh, distillery that's not mass-producing 
is doing small batch. Right? There are for people every, making everything. more small batch in a week than I can make in a year. <laughs> exactly. So, yes. Yes. Exactly. so small batch is a very a subjective term. So so when you uh, when you call something small batch, then what what is it you're trying to say to the consumer about that whiskey? So in, in our case, every Monday morning for the, for our small batch, our master distiller Donis Todd will dump about fifty depending on the week, but 50 to 55 barrels. Okay. And that's going to be one batch of bourbon. And I can get into it geeky levels, but the bottom line <laughs> is we pot distill, so it every batch becomes kind of unique. We don't okay. have a continuous still, so each one is its own barrel, its own batch. When we marry those barrels together to get our small batch, it's exactly that. It's 55 barrels mixed together in Elsie, which is a big old stainless milk container we stole from a milk company. Uh, and, 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 you, and you named it Elsie. Named yep, it. Yeah, named I love it, it. Love it. Yep. So does that mean that if I went out and bought a bottle of uh, Garrison Brothers Small Batch today and then went and bought another one a year from now that they might be a little bit different? Listening to you guys talk about cigars, you may think so. I mean, because it, it's going to be so nuanced. Donis has gotten so good at creating our Small Batch bourbon mm -hmm. that I would have said it Two years ago, yeah, you'd get more and more and more nuance each time. Now he's gotten it down to where he knows exactly what he wants. But the answer is it could be, absolutely it could be. You I, know? Hope, I hope that Budweiser doesn't hire him away from you. <laughs> because we've talked about this before, that movie that, uh, <laughs> that I watched, that's about the, and it's a documentary, it's about the contest between all of the Budweiser brewmasters at the various Budweiser breweries around the world. And they have an internal in-company contest every year, not to see who can brew the best beer. But to see who can brew the most Budweisery Budweiser <laughs> that they can. That's kind of the antithesis of Donis's yeah, plants. It's like, yeah. That's like having a that's like having a color by number contest, right? right? right, right. You know, <laughs> this tastes a lot like uh, Budweiser. Nice job, St. Louis. But you guys from uh, London. You nailed it. This is even more Budweiser-y than this Budweiser. Uh, yeah, that's 3.6% more Budweiser than the last Budweiser. And, what, and what's crazy is, you know, the this documentary, they've got the, the brewmasters on, and they're talking about it, and they're just absolutely, they are so passionate about creating the most formulaic Budweiser they possibly can, just like you would imagine your guy would be about just coming up with something amazing and new and different and The ultimate and replica. Yeah. You know, that they're, they're trying to create the, the ultimate, ultimate replica. replica. It's like, it's like right. imagine being a person and then taking all the fun out of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. But, but, but I will say this. I can't say anything more so there's, There is something, though, to be said for consistency. And if I buy... Mm -hmm. A bottle of it this year and a bottle of it next year, and it's just completely different. That would, you know, that would not necessarily be a good thing unless that's what it was looking for, and you named it something else. We always talk about that with cigars, how they can come up with a tobacco blend, and then keep doing that blend with the crops from the next year, where everything's going to be at least a little different. That's that's to here's, me very impressive. I, I celebrate flavor. <clears throat> if I go in and I find, for instance, a standard line, a core line. Garrison Brothers whiskey, and then I really like it. The next thing I'm going to buy is probably not that. I'm going to buy something else in your mm -hmm. line. Something yeah. else in the line. Just right. try exactly. it. I right. want to try different things. I love it when companies do their 
they're limited releases because they're always going to have different flavors. They're going to taste right. a little different. It just makes me and, happy. And we definitely see this in craft beer right now where the sort of new normal has become, um, other than a handful of sort of like flagship beers, uh, the new normal has become them always coming out with a new series, a new IPA, a new stout, a new, you know, something mm-hmm. a little bit different than some of the last ones that they did. The, the only thing about... It that isn't cool is that boy. If you get something you really like and you, you can't exactly go back to it, but you all you can always but find here's something else. Thing. Single so barrel bourbon. That I get it all day yeah. long. Man, where's barrel nine thousand one hundred and seventy four? Okay. And I'm like, I drank it. <laughs> you know, and it was it's good. gone. So, so that brings up another question, and then we'll do some drinking. But um, we in our brains imagine your job as being, you know wandering through the uh, the uh, barrels tasting a little here tasting a little there you have your little how, thief on your yeah, yeah. Uh, how how on your uh, belt how <laughs> close is that to reality <laughs> my job yeah. no yeah. no i don't get that kind of respect <laughs> the uh, donis todd's job that yeah. is his job he yeah. walks around with a power drill and a Glencairn glass, and these little things that look like golf tees, mm-hmm. and he goes and drills holes in barrels, fins a, so he drills a hole in a barrel, fills up the Glencairn, whacks least a little, the golf tee in puts there, puts golf tee in place, mm-hmm. and, and goes, okay, now I know what that barrel's about. Yeah, he hand selects every barrel. His his objective every day when we're talking about sort of the Anheuser Busch idea of consistency, his is to make better bourbon than yesterday. So I love that's that. his just love yeah, and that. it's the antithesis because Donis. And my my brother, who drives me insane, don't (laughs) seem to care about price. What it costs to make that damn bourbon is not something that really hits their radar. That's not how they're yeah. planning. That's, that's, that's kind of my problem it's to not figure in their out. Planning oh, stages. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. So yeah. we Donis makes small batch. His palate, he has just spent twenty years focused on that. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets a characteristic from a barrel, that's the seed. Of the next thing, the Guadalupe, the Honeydew, the mm-hmm. Laguna. It's always with the barrels steer him to what Garrison Brothers is going to release in five years. Love it's it. pretty crazy. Love it. So, so he's already got in his head what your releases are going to be like five years from now. He, and that's that's a long view on things, isn't it crazy? Awesome. He's in Vegas right now, and he he took a Instagram photo of a bottle of a distillate I didn't even know he had. Right. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah. I thought it was what, what photoshopped. Was it at a bar in Vegas, or did he have one? With Hell, if I know, I don't get to make those kind. Of, I just Donis does what Donis wants. I'm afraid of him. He's bigger than me. He's smarter than me. I love it. I love it. But yeah, I looked at that and just I knew it. within seconds my phone blew up with mm. people going, "Where do I get it?" Where, where do I, get it? I don't even know where he got it. <laughs> and and you just have to, you know, I've said this at the risk of repeating myself because I've said this before on the show, but when I hear about someone who has that kind of a job I am still so mad at my high school guidance counselor because <laughs> right. I had no idea that job existed. Never said a thing. I could have been you know, prepping and preparing and, and learning and, and experimenting. I was so ignorant back then I thought the guy delivering beer had a cool job. Right. <laughs> you, you want to hear a hysterical story about Don? It's like, he just told me this the other day. When he was Eight years old. I'm gonna get the never trust a thing I say. All right, right. don't don't judge me by my dates, my times, because I'm making it up. But uh, <laughs> but when, when Donis, he was young. yeah, when he when he was young, he was doing his school play, mm-hmm. and he lived in Ohio at the time, and he was a willow tree, and he nailed his willow tree, and at mm-hmm. the end he had to get up in front of the whole school, all 25 students, and say, "I'm Donis Todd, and I want to do this when I grow up." 
And the kid in front of him said, I want to be a doctor. And the one said an astronaut. And one said a cop. And Donis Todd, at eight years old, said, and when I grow up, I want to be a distiller like my grandpa. Wow, that's, that's so cool! At awesome. eight years old, see that, yeah. and I think that I think that's what it takes. Isn't that you know? crazy? You talk about them, you know, Tiger Woods' dad teaching him to putt at like five years old and stuff. It's that you have to know that early on if you're going to become a master distiller. He said he know. got chewed up one side and down the other by yeah. his dad on the car ride home because nobody knew Grandpa was a distiller. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because little he was not legally distilling. Little, little family secret yep. there. Yeah, yep. uh, awesome know. story. Well, it, it is a great story and reminds me of my stage debut. In second grade, mm. I played a toothbrush. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I still remember my lines, although I will not recite them for you here, <laughs> because I want people to stay on, stay around, and 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 enjoy uh, our our thoughts on uh, some of this. When we when we run out of show ideas, mm-hmm. we're just gonna have to do a full like production of your old play oh, old and play? let you be yeah. that. Best toothbrush that you've ever been. Damn good toothbrush. <laughs> Felt yeah, it. Yeah. Actually, uh, I will tell you this story. Uh, I I had to start wearing glasses when I was in second grade, and I hated it. And I the week before the play, and and everybody gathered around, um, I had to get my first pair of glasses. And I just thought I looked goofy and stupid, goofy and stupid because I looked goofy and stupid. And uh, I remember I came out and did my toothbrush lines, and I guessed. They were a little bit humorous because the crowd laughed, and I went backstage and started crying because I thought they were laughing at me in my glasses. Oh, oh no! Yeah, yeah, no kidding. This is what I remember. But it was your actual yeah. toothbrush to performance this, that yes, was fantastic. Just nailed right. the character. I, I nailed the toothbrush. Yeah. yeah, it was good. To this day, I cry after the show a lot, but uh, <laughs> usually, usually that's because I've tasted something really inspiringly delicious. <laughs> Speaking of, what are we what are we tasting first here? So we're going to start with small batch. Okay. I don't know if we can shuffle one of those over to Adam. Mm-hmm. We can do that. Adam is, uh, 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 and I appreciate you pouring for him because one of the things we try to do here on the show is make sure that the producer gets samples so he doesn't like start asking for a raise and stuff. You, know? you have to buy him a boost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, exactly. That's what my brother did for me for like four years when we started this thing. You know, you can drink um, your, now, your income. Now, tell me, um, when when you first started this, was was it always? Your interest to do this, or or how did what steered you towards uh, starting a company called Garrison Brothers? So I'm not sure if I've mentioned this, but my brother's an idiot. Okay, and, uh, <laughs> I don't think you've been that clear about okay. it. Okay, yeah, I don't want I don't want to be gray in this. Yes, but uh, like, like, how do you really feel? Yeah, yeah, and I'm the kid brother too, so my entire life is harassing Dan. But uh, Dan, and twenty years ago. He uh, decided he was going to make bourbon. I came down to talk him out of it because it's the worst business model I'd ever read in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's a bad decision, I want in. And so I, <laughs> it's just been – it's the way I think. And so I, I jumped on board with him. And, uh, and fortunately, Dan has a weird vision. He has the ability to know what's – five, eight, ten years out. He always mm-hmm. has. And everything mm-hmm. he's ever done. He did advertising. He's done all these different careers. And he always knew what was coming. And Dan has an unbelievable ability to stay true to a vision. And so yeah. that's what started. I, I, my job is to keep him between buoys. That's all mm-hmm. I do in this world. Is, you know, Dan will get excited about something. And the next thing I know, you know, we're in farming ostriches or something <laughs> and so i hear there's big money in emus so. <laughs> there's, yeah there's, it takes a while to be good money in bourbon yeah, oh, yeah. I, I can imagine now uh you guys though have really 
kind of set the standard, uh, as far as I'm concerned, for uh, for Texas whiskey. And I do want to talk about that a little okay. bit later and, and get your take on the larger the larger uh, scene of Texas whiskey, it's what beautiful. you think about it and, and, and where it's headed. But uh, for the moment, let's just talk about this small batch. Yeah. Wow. Ian, let's talk thoughts? about caramel and cinnamon. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's just... Love this. It's just so... It's so easy to drink. And you such a pleasant sweetness, and then that uh, mineral water kind of aftertaste. You know the viscosity. That's, yeah, that's if there's one thing that carries through with Garrison Brothers, yeah. it's viscosity. There's mm-hmm. a mouthfeel to it right. that I, I, I can't find anywhere else. You know, there's some whiskeys that are delicious, but are not nearly this easy to drink. Mm-hmm. This is both delicious, and it just is, is so, uh, so pleasing. You know, to just the whole concept, getting the flavors, swallowing it down. It, the viscosity probably has a lot to do with that, don't you think? Absolutely. Just, That's just the whole mouthfeel and experience. Yeah, there, there's an oiliness to Garrison Brothers that's unique, and, and, and it has to do with a, a half a dozen very, very specific things of where we're making it and how Donis makes it. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the thing that I could sit there and pour 20 bourbons. But when you drink a Garrison Brothers, they'll know. You can know. So they'll know yeah. which for, one's us. For those of you listening who aren't as familiar with what oiliness does in a in a liquor, especially mm-hmm. whiskey, those kind of things, because um, we use that term from time to time. First off, when you look at it in the glass, you can see it literally just sticks to the glass right. all over, legs. much like legs in a um, in a wine. Uh, but the next thing, what it really does for the flavor is it gives you a fuller mouthfeel mm-hmm. overall. And then it, after you take a sip, and especially after second and third subsequent sips, it really coats the mouth and leaves this wonderful flavor throughout the entire mouth. Yeah, it, it's like it distributes it more yeah. fully across the palate and allows you to to just it, take it in. More. And it lingers a little bit, mm-hmm. but in a good way, in a great mm-hmm. way. Yeah, know? the linger is something we're proud of. It. So when, you, when you're drinking Garrison Brothers, that first sip, you're just getting it on the side of the mouth. Yeah. You're not getting mm-hmm. it up top. And, and as that right. starts to relax and your saliva comes in and really starts crying, you know, getting together with it, then it'll start to climb up to the roof of your mouth, and then you start to really get that richness. It's the finish that I that, that I is one of my favorite aspects mm-hmm. of Garrison. Absolutely. The finish is just... Terrific, and and not all whiskeys finish this deliciously because on on the finish on this uh, small batch, I'm just I'm getting all those flavors on the finish. Sometimes uh, the finish will kind of narrow itself to one or two of the flavors, and I'm getting all of that. Just no, and I get just like a, I, I a don't flavor know if party. this is the right term or what term I should use, but there's almost a tobaccoy oh yeah flavor mm-hmm. going on in there that's really really pleasant, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of that 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 dry. Like when you walk into a humidor or, uh, you know, you smell those tobacco leaves, that kind of thing. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm really curious, since this first beer that we're going to try is, in fact, a dark ale with millet and smoked maple syrup, I'm really curious how this might pair up with this whiskey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, you want to give it a try? Let me grab well, you some Say cup. no more, sir. <laughs> I will grab you some I've got to tell you, this this one you started me with is pairing quite lovely. No, that's, which one did you? This oh, you has an with the incredibly yeah. interesting smell to it. Yeah, I'm not sure what to expect uh, from that beer. It's, to be it's honest, it's not with what you. I expected. Yeah, uh, on the nose. What What is interesting about it is the, of the three beers we're going to have today, it is actually the lowest ABV, and you would, I sort of expected 
you know, when I looked at it for it to be uh, one of the higher ones. So I'm, this is going to be a surprise to me all the way around. But I'm, I'm just wondering, based on how they described the smoked maple syrup, if that might be something that works really nicely uh, with this whiskey. So Awesome. 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 Can, uh, Whoops. Whoop. I'm sorry about <laughs> grabbing that, sir. Uh, you can pass His wife's right there. It's nice to feel around. wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good thing. And you should see what he's like with Matt Booth from uh, uh, Room 101 Cigars <laughs> is here. Yeah, that's a whole other uh, spectacle of uh, of appreciation uh, going on. So, I feel like we have the start of a bromance. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty I, much. All I can tell you is that every time I turn around, you guys are handing me another drink. I'm starting <laughs> to feel like you guys may have Donis's job. This is, this is a heck of a gig you've well, got here, Jets. It's, you know, people... People it's, asked us. Uh, did everybody get one here? I yeah, think I, I think that. so. People asked us quite early on, um, you know, what made us want to start doing a show like this, and our answer is the same every time, and it's very simple. Samples. Samples. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why not? Right. Okay, so I I haven't tried this yet, but on the nose, it's so. Oh, it's it's very bizarre. It it smells like barbecue. It's very, oh my like God. like a multi is it, like is a it, it's multi not just barbecue. Me? Well, maybe it's the millet. Pork I don't know. Barbecue. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. That's so weird. It smells like barbecue meat. Huh? That's Man, if you hadn't said a... that, I would have never gotten there either. <laughs> All right. Like so that's let's... just that's just what pops into my head. It's, it's like that. It's like the smell like if you've ever had a smoker when you walk by it the next day after you used it. That's what it smells like, like in a good way, kind of weird way, but in a good way. So I've I never had that like barbecue. Beer. I was gonna say I don't know how this is gonna be when I go back to the whiskey, but. It really settles this with an beer interesting flavor. This is a pulled it? pork sandwich. It, it is. is exactly it what is it is. It's a pulled pork <laughs> and I, sandwich. And I just had WTF, a pulled pork sandwich people. This, this week. Uh, <laughs> what is happening? They, they shouldn't have called it uh, uh, woven in time. They should have called it pulled pork. Is it fat washed? It's uh, it's dark ale brewed in millet, brewed with millet and smoked maple syrup. So smoked maple syrup has obviously given us that. It says by weaving together our collective right, experiences that's the smoky pulled pork and thing. influences, Allagash and um, Sankofa. Is that how you say it? Sankofa? Created the expressive and balanced dark. This expressive and balanced dark ale, brewed with millet and smoked maple syrup. This beer abounds with easy drinking notes. Hold on a second. I don't know if I'd call this easy drinking. Well, but it's but not easy as drinking big notes as you might of think. Chocolate, mm. it's not as boozy. Cola, burnt sugar, and hints of dried fruit. They left off pulled pork sandwich. Yeah. Well, maybe they thought it wouldn't sell very well if they. Said I can tell you right now. Beer. I want to run home. I want to pour a bunch in a pot. And yeah. I want to throw some pork in it. Oh, and let it just sit. wouldn't it be great? Oh yeah, my just, God! Just Simmer make some. You know, pulled pork is one of those things that works great so, in the crock pot. You know, yeah. I, I want to point out with this: this once you get past the initial barbecue flavor, barbecue flavor that happens, it really starts to become. You start getting that maple in there and everything else. It starts to become a sweeter beer. Wow! But I think that palate shock at first was a little bizarre. So take a it's take a drink bright. of that and then go back to the single barrel. The small batch. Oh, I'm sorry, the, the small batch, yes. For, for me, it kind of condensed it down to a more singular sort of a note. I don't get as much complexity out of it oh. as I was getting before I had the It beer. oddly enough turns it into uh, a bit of chocolate. Yes, there is mm -hmm. some chocolate in there. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and uh, cinnamon. Mm. Okay, second... Going back. Second drink back in the whiskey, it, it rounds out a little more, and you get some of those okay, so flavors back. But the first, the first time, it's like it just condensed everything into a, totally a more true. singular. Yeah, because the, the beer I was drinking before, mm -hmm. it was. It, I guess the it hoppiness of it or whatever, it, yep. it, it mm -hmm. really gave it a 
there was a lot going on. Yes, yes. And this is sort of simplifies it a lot when you. Yeah, it's it's not a, it's not a bad flavor. Mm. It just uh, it just isn't. Is but then when I went back again for a second drink of the small batch. It started opening up more and returning to more of what it, what it was like in the beginning. I, you so. know, I, I like this beer. Um, it takes. It's kind of like that cigar I have that I had earlier. Like there's that that initial light on that cigar was big. This is and you got to be ready for that. The initial sip on this that that palate shock mm-hmm. is very pulled pork sandwich, and then and then after that it becomes actually kind of sweet, right. And really, really interesting. It is one of the more unusual beers we've had in a long time. I'm enjoying the heck out of this. I think it's interesting. <laughs> I think great. it's delicious. I love the lightness yeah, of it. It's at the so finish. interesting it. on the yeah. palate. Woven in time is an interesting name. I don't, uh, I don't know if I connect, but but, uh, but it's I a like it's it. a cool art on the uh, can too. It's just mm-hmm. kind of a tapestry woven piece of art looking thing it's very yeah, cool very cool all right we got to take a break we will be back i will uh, be going over some uh, cigars to watch for uh that are coming out to retailers for you plus Tullamore dew the whiskey uh has just released a new bag of chips it's not a bag of chips what? it's a bag of whiskey and i'll tell you about that coming up <laughs> that everything you just said confused me yeah. well you know how you'd say uh, you know he thinks he's all that in a bag of chips I think I'm all that in a bag of whiskey. <laughs> nice. That's what I'll tell you. And we'll be right back. <laughs> it's smoking and toasting 255. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting show number 255. We are brought to you, ladies and gentlemen. By the fine folks at MyCigarShirts.com. They are great supporters of the show, and we appreciate you supporting them as well. MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. cigars it's hoodie yeah. season. Go yeah. on there and shop. Yeah. Our, uh, if, if you don't wear hoodies, I do. Shop and buy one for me. Mm-hmm. Our program is brought to you uh, by MyCigarShirts.com. Am I passing both of these? Oh, uh, I think he's got one here. Did I overpour? Uh, it's a habit I, I have. I th- you th- poured four. If you poured one more, then... Uh, yeah, Stephanie got one. Sorry, and so I think that's an extra, right. and it will not go to waste. I assure you. Uh, so uh, it's show number two hundred and fifty-five. We're all about craft beer, oh, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Oh, did you not get one? This was my previous one. I was oh, trying to finish okay. it. Okay, okay, gotcha. Well, that's where we got lost. We right. uh, we have Charlie from Garrison Brothers, Charlie Garrison himself, in the studio with us today, uh, talking whiskey, talking Garrison Brothers, and what is this next one that we're going to try? So this is a single barrel. We were talking earlier about the idea that once you fall in love with a single barrel, mm-hmm. it's it's like your date you don't get to have anymore. Right. right? This is, it's just this one, and then yeah, you're done. This is one it. done. Yeah. And so when Donis is pulling barrels, I started to say earlier, he's looking for small batch bourbon, right? But over time, the barrels kind of talk to him, and he starts to decide what barrels are starting to have similar characteristics, mm-hmm. and he'll set those aside to create whatever his vision is next. And usually in us, that's finishing that that original small batch. All we make on the ranch is small batch bourbon. It's the only product we make. Mm -hmm. Everything else is a finished version of small batch, whether it's another barrel or whether he's got some other creative idea for it. Got it. Um, Small batch is the juice. That's that's Garrison Brothers, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, when you're getting to a barrel that's got something to it that kind of makes him smirk a little bit you know mm-hmm. the barrel's just a little different and off the path if it doesn't fall into 
a category that he's starting to develop, then he'll set it aside and we just barrel it by itself. And that becomes a single barrel. Yep. Okay. Nice. So, so this is so we, if it works for something that he's working on, uh, he keeps it in. You know, he keeps it for that. Correct. And you said but he has it, a pretty far ahead vision, so he can see. He kind of like when he's tasting, he knows what it's going to be like in a year or those kind of things, or has at least a pretty good idea. He's working eight years out. In oh. his head, he's working eight years Can out. When he's imagine? pulling barrels, mm-hmm. he's tasting it and How saying, "How big is that guy's brain?" It's it's creepy. And he'll <laughs> say, "If you go to him and say, I need, I'm looking for a barrel that has butterscotch and raisin,' he'll he's literally like, look like, at you and 782. go, "782." That's exactly what it is. Creeps me out. I just look at him and I'm like, "Good grief!" I do man. want to point out when you said uh, the barrels speak to him. It, it reminds me of that uh, moment in uh, Idiocracy mm-hmm. when he's like, and finally he gave up and said. He talked to the plants, <laughs> and they said that they wanted well, water. Well, listen, totally it's, makes uh, sense. It, it, you know, different people choose to deploy their you know memorization and talents in different ways. You know, some people learn to speak Klingon. Uh, uh, other people can tell you which barrel has butterscotch and mm-hmm. and and honey uh, flavors, whatever it is. So he oh. spends more time worried about his palate. I mean, he focuses on it in a, in a way that is. I just, it's just bizarre to me. It's can you, amazing. Can you, like, insure his palate at Lloyd's of London? Like, a, I, I uh, can tell you this. <laughs> when Donis is walking around the ranch, we mm-hmm. run around and push anyone back because with COVID, <laughs> yeah. if that guy loses oh his God, smell and taste, right. I'm dead men walking. Oh, you're not yeah, kidding. we're all yeah. unemployed. You're so not it's kidding. that wow. guy. I hadn't thought of that, but you're yeah. right with COVID because that's how even some people who recover don't recover with the same sense of taste and smell that there they once is. had. It scares me oh, to yeah. death. Uh, I totally get it. Do you uh, like chocolate and cinnamon and baking spice? Yes. I get chocolate right out of the front on that. Yeah, chocolate. Get a little chocolate on the cinnamon nose on the of this. finish, mm-hmm. and then just kind of an overall warm, like almost a holiday spirit. And, you're right. and this is proof, like the first one you had. So this is a '94 proof. Mm. So, and you're right, though. Chocolate is the first. That's yeah, what hits the right out first. of it. Just, I mean, just, just almost like a. Almost like a chocolate bar. But the know? nice thing about that is it's got such a sweetness up front, but it finishes with a spice um, that that leaves it so it doesn't feel too sweet at all. It just it just finishes clean. I get kind of a white pepper finish so, on that. So let me yeah, ask I you can this. get that. Can when Donna's your distiller, is is finding these different characteristics he's finding the different barrels that have and, and this one's a single barrel so this one he thought okay this is different enough from the other things i'm doing i'm going to pull this out it's vastly is, different from the is previous that one. something that he can plan for in other words can he say all right i'd like to have a distillate that is going to wind up giving me chocolate and cinnamon and and so in in order to do that i'm going to Prepare it this way. I'm going to put it in this kind of a barrel. I'm going to do it. it is there a? Is it predictive, or is it more like happy accidents? And, and just all to around? complicate his question, does he talk to the barrels before they're full, or do they not speak until after they have whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, you know, an honest answer to that, which I think is kind of cool, and it's because because one of the things I'm sure we'll talk about is Texas and what what's happening in Texas yeah, yeah. and whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. But what what's happened on the ranch? is our aging, that, that heat exchange. It's 100 degrees during the day. It's 50 at night. We're getting a crazy, crazy rapid yeah. aging yeah. process. What mm-hmm. takes us, per, per a guy called Jim, James, Jim Murray, who wrote the Whiskey Bible, mm-hmm. he actually said one year on our ranch 
is about five years in Kentucky. Not surprising because of the uh, the contraction and expansion yep. of that. Seven right. degrees. Well, because like you guys you said, are just a little north go... of us, and then you're west of us, so you guys get four and, big, and a half hours north. Big yeah, changes in, in yep. temperature. Huge, but but like changes. you said, you can have a day that goes to a hundred degrees in the afternoon, and drops down to what at night? Maybe It'll drop down to fifty easily. Fifty, yeah, because yeah. that's the kind of temperature. And the magic number is seventy. In one day, right? Seventy right. alcohol molecules start to expand. Under seventy, they contract. So we're pushing in and out of these barrels. In the morning, we're pushing out. In the night, we're coming back in. I love so, that. So it's a radical different way to make bourbon. And what that's done for Donis to the barrel question that you were asking is it's allowed him to learn so much faster. Sure. Oh, the, right. The, the yeah. Five process, times faster exactly. as for the whiskey Bible. Yeah. yeah. So, right. so it's a yeah. blessing because we have one brilliant individual who has a vision and he's learning what would take somebody in Kentucky 100 years, and he gets it in 20. And we've right. been at it for 15. Right. So this guy has got uh, – he's. So what you're telling me then is he's just going to keep getting better and better. Uh, that's that, Does, When I taste you through what you're tasting through, our Laguna Madre, which he just released, if, if, if we could afford to make nothing but that, yeah. oh, my God. And, and he keeps doing it. He keeps – Learning. So does, does he ever bring you something like maybe the Laguna Madre is that? Well, he brings you something and you think, oh, my God, this is just so amazing, but but it's we're going to have to price it in order for it to make sense. Yeah. A lot higher than we want our whiskey to be priced. Does that happen? There's there there's things Donis has created that we just have to accept we're going to lose money on. It's it's wow, it's just so crazy. So we won't make enough of it, right? To to lose our business, right? But we're going to make enough to show off, right? And it, say what we're but, capable of. But it yeah, does. It continues yeah. to expand the uh, legend of the brand. Yeah, you know. Does yeah. the does the rapid um, does the rapid aging uh, process that you get does that have a huge effect on the angel share out of the barrels? Oh my goodness! Yeah. So Kentucky, big time. Yeah, Kentucky's going to lose five six percent, right? Per year angel share, yeah. which is evaporation through a barrel, fancy yeah. words. But uh, in our case, we'll lose 14% a year. Mm-hmm. You pull a five-year-old That's barrel, there's less than half times. in it. Yeah, we'll pull yeah. barrels that if Donis has barrels like Cowboy Bourbon, which is his favorite barrels on the ranch that he sets aside. He doesn't proof them down, and it's just mm-hmm. what he feels that. is his so vision. Um, I'll, I'll get a barrel that's got five bottles in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All day, every I'm day. I'm sorry to laugh, but it's just like, oh, are you, you have to laugh. Me? You'll cry. You gotta be, yeah. <laughs> you gotta be kidding yeah. me. All right. Uh, we got to take a break and come back. When we do, we have a lot to talk about. We, I want to talk Texas whiskey. We got into it a little bit here, but I want to really get your take on what this thing, sure. uh, what this whole uh, scene is looking like and, and why you think that it has exploded the way that it has over the past several years. Clearly, you guys have been at the forefront of this. You're one of the most talked about and, and uh, awarded uh, distilleries in the Lone Star State. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, uh, still to come, I am going to tell you about some cigars to watch for. I'll tell you about Tullamore Dew's bag of chips, bag of whiskey. And, uh, of course, Drinking News is on the way. Our teaser headline today, Officer, I'll be right and back. And it's the last parting shot. And we'll be right back. This whiskey... Yeah. Needs a pipe to go with it. Ooh. With a big now you're talking. Pipe <laughs> show coming up. Smoke just like that pork sandwich again. So bizarre.
Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Charlie Garrison in the studio from Garrison Brothers today. And speaking of hand-rolled cigars and craft beer, that can be a tricky combination. I'm for them. Yeah, but it can be a tricky combination, beer, yes. and, beer and cigars. Hops and tobacco sometimes play well together on the palate, and sometimes they don't. It just it just depends. But General Cigar Company and Cigar City Brewing believe they have found the perfect uh, pairing. Cigar City Brewing, based out of Tampa, has uh, teamed up with General Cigar for a new beer-friendly cigar called Cigar City Brewing Maduro by Punch. Their Maduro beer... Yes. It's fantastic. Oh, it's it, a brown it ale. It is wonderful. It's a brown ale. Fantastic. And it does go very well with cigars. It goes great yeah. with cigars. Well, Cigar City Brewing Maduro by Punch, the new cigar, comes in two sizes, the Magnum at five and a quarter inches by 54 and a six by 50 Toro. They have it packaged in 20-count boxes, and they retail for about uh, 829 and 849 respectively. They are shipping now to select liquor store chains across the United States with a larger launch uh, coming early next year for uh, for cigar stores. So. I will seek that out. I remember uh, Perdomo had a whole series that mm-hmm. was yes. made to go with yes. different uh, styles I, of beers. And they, those were quite good. I, and I they recall. were quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Punch Senior Brand Manager, Ed uh, Lehman, said the new cigar pairs beautifully with the Cigar City uh, portfolio of beers and also stands strong on its own. So that's... Uh, that's something to look forward to. And there's good news and bad news for Fuente fans. First, the bad news. Uh, shipments from the Arturo Fuente, r- shipments for, rather, the Arturo Fuente Rare Pinks were expected this month, but they've been delayed, and no no clear delivery date has been established. But they say, they say the delay was caused by logistical complications related to the pandemic. I'm sure you guys uh, know what that's like, right? We felt some pain. Uh, the good news, uh, they have decided to send Casa Fuente cigars instead. These are the smokes that until now have only been available at the Casa Fuente Lounge in Las Vegas. Now they're going to be uh, available just everywhere. By the way, as you can tell, uh, when it comes to sound effects here on the show, we spare every expense. I- I'm going to put Charlie <laughs> in charge of the oh, There's so uh, many and, buttons, guys. Yeah, yeah. This is just... Well, you, you really can't. Oh, great. The first one I get is a <laughs> you, really, you really can't go right uh, on that. So whatever you punch. Uh, yeah, they're all they're uh, all wrong. In, uh, in any case, the uh, Casa Fuente cigars are uh, yeah, coming in 25-count boxes, and they come in 10 sizes, including three in a natural Ecuadorian wrapper, and uh, they are going to be allocated, since there's only so many of them, but they're coming in place of the pinks, and then the pinks will arrive when they arrive. So, And finally, Drew Estate's... Uh, 2021 limited edition Underground Dojo Dogma Sun Grown and the Underground Dojo Dogma Maduro are now shipping to uh, participating Drew Diplomat retailers nationwide. Uh, these two Dogma editions debuted in uh, early May at Drew Estate's Freestyle Live Special Edition uh, event. Uh, and it's a, uh, it's a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, Connecticut stock cut and stock cured habano binder and nicaraguan and brazilian filler leaves you've had some of the dojo dogma cigars before right from yes. from underground that's good stuff i like i like underground just generally as a line well, you, you're great not stuff, yeah. you're not kidding about that they do great stuff so those are some things to watch for at a cigar retailer near you and of course um one of you know we talked about coming up with cigars designed to pair with beers i'm i'm going to say that if you've got some Garrison Brothers, any of these bottles, in your uh, in your bar at home, you almost can't go wrong with cigars with these whiskeys. They're just extremely 
I think, extremely tobacco friendly. So the uh, the single barrel that we just had mm-hmm. makes me really want to smoke a pipe with it, though. You did mention that, like yeah. like a big aromatic. I smoked the uh, accountant that's available at the uh, Briar Shop, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot of aromatics like that. That rum, buttered rum, I think one that's, that I got for you. That's good. Yeah, you got yeah. Those, I think any of those would go well with this. It's a it's a very um, bold whiskey with a bold front end to the palate. Which I think is what you need when you when mm-hmm. you smoke a pipe, especially because that pipe smoke is almost always in the front end of the palate uh, on the aromatic ones, and I think that would stand up really nice and, and yeah. blend very well I, with I, it. I think so, and and I, but I think you could also, I mean that that would be wonderful with a good medium bodied cigar as well. True, sure. just just uh, I think there's something about. And I wonder if it's the mouthfeel, the viscosity, I was about to say the viscosity that, that and the oiliness really, that I think yeah, that, that really, really makes it feel like it would be so so well paired. We have uh, an event. We're hoping to do another one of these next year. We kind of got derailed by by COVID. By COVID yeah. Uh, we have an event that we do that was based on a, a, a thing that Ian does at home when he's. Uh, Having a cigar and wants to have some whiskey, and why don't you explain to Charlie how the whiskey? Sniff so I, works. I, I chatting on the phone with my brother because we spend a lot of time on the phone. He lives in Arizona, and we'll we'll just hang out while we're doing stuff. I have a little Bluetooth earpiece so I can do stuff with my hand, whatever. Um, so if I'm working around, goofing around the house, we'll just be talking on the phone. Um, and it looks like I talk, I'm talking to myself, which is okay. Uh, but what I started doing is I'd, I'd go outside and I'd light up a cigar and I'd get you know past the initial light to about an inch into the cigar three quarters of an inch to an inch so you really get the the flavor in your palate and then i'll go inside and i just pop the bottle and uh and just put it to my nose and you'll find that because you have that uh that cigar cigar flavor in your palate palate, you'll be able to tell just by nosing your whiskey which ones are going to go with it really well so Mm -hmm. we called it the whiskey sniff that's what we started calling it and, I told him about it one time. And I said, immediately I said, that's an event. And we've done two of them so far, about a year apart. And uh, we got everyone together on a big open patio. We had all these different uh, whiskey vendors uh, available and, and a, a few other spirits, some rums, some tequilas as well. And uh, people would buy a ticket. And when they came in with their ticket, they'd be handed a, ba- a nice little bag a of cigars. A little swag bag with yeah. goodies and cigars. And you light up the cigar you want to smoke. And then you go around to the tables and uh, take Take and your they opportunity give you free to, smells. to to yeah. free, yeah. free smells and free drinks too, which is uh, which is a pretty cool thing. So that was a lot of fun. so we that is cool. uh, I'm uh, just officially going to say you don't have to commit, but we do this again. We have to have you guys there because we'd love it because that this is like a such blast. a wonderful uh, uh, wonderful cigar friendly whiskey. And I've already snuck a drink of this. What is this? So I tell you what, this is a. The nose on this one just mm. just just puts a smile on my face. It's, it really uh, does. Yeah. It's almost like candy. Exactly. It's yeah. got like a uh, like a gingerbread crust with mm-hmm. a candy cane almost. Mm-hmm. So this sucker that we've got now is 121.8 proof, Ooh. and it's no another wonder. single barrel. And this is one that you know we use rainwater to proof down the the bourbon once we. That's once so we, cool. Yeah, <laughs> there's no herbicides or pesticides in rainwater, so when you it's going to change the flavor of what we're after the least, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what every barn we have out there has rainwater catchment on it, and that's primarily what a ranch functions on. Other um, than I'd like to propose a catchphrase: "Your water is cloud filtered." Cloud filtered. Oh. oh, I like it. You filtered know, in bourbon in the- with angel share and devil's cut and cloud, cloud filtered, filtered yeah. water it fits. Filtered it fits. in the clouds. 
It's very, it's very high tech. It's very high tech, right? Very high tech and nature friendly at the same time. I'll just put it out there. You know, this this is absolutely delicious. Yeah, it's Thank just you. got oh its gosh, own buttery. It's just got its own thing going. Buttery, uh, almost uh, some caramel. So uh, you said one hundred and twenty. One. This would be one twenty one point eight. Twenty one point eight proof. Mm. This doesn't. Uh, especially on the initial uh, like front part of the palate, does not come across You'd hot. You never know this one, yeah. You take a sip, and then you finish your sip, and you swallow it, and it's still not hot. And then you get this beautiful whiskey hug that comes up behind you like a mm-hmm. slightly too intimate lover and just hangs around. <laughs> <Slightly> too intimate. <laughs> like a kid brother you can't shake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm aware of those. Yeah, you know, It's the, awkward. The first one we had is, uh, was 94 proof, and I wanted to put ice on it. This one yeah. I wouldn't want to put any ice on. This right. has got just such a a, a, a rich, right up front buttery. How can I I'm say this? Popcorn. On how it. can I say this and not sound like an idiot? It is powerful and delicate at the same time. Does it's that make any sense? Gentle on the 100%. side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, it's got it's got a little kick to it. But it, it's also very, very, uh, very delicate. This is dangerous because normally, if if we've got a high proof bourbon. I can pour a half an ounce and just touch my tongue, and I'm mm-hmm. fine all afternoon. I can just touch on it. Right. This one, I could drink. You know, I, I could just drink it like a 94 proof bourbon, and it would catch up to you. Yeah, it's a little different, not, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, kind of like that slightly too intimate lover. Is that what you said? <laughs> how, you put it, how you put it was perfect. So. Wow. That's, that's going to have to be one of those things that we pull out of the show and just do as its own. <laughs> just do as its own thing. Absolutely. Well, this is really terrific. So let's talk Texas whiskey. You guys, I, I would put as maybe the distillery that has sort of led the charge when it comes to Texas whiskey. You've been doing this for a little while now, mm-hmm. and you and you really have, more than anything else, I think, you have given the Texas whiskey scene a great deal of credibility. The awards that you've been able to to win and the uh, the way that people who are not in Texas write about your whiskey and, and review your whiskey has, has really, I, I feel like you guys have gone a long way towards putting Texas whiskey on the map. I mean, now we've got Tennessee whiskey. We got Kentucky whiskey. There's a whiskey. song about that. We need a, ten, we see, we we need need a Texas, Texas whiskey, whiskey song. I'm sure there is a Texas whiskey there, song. There's, a, there's half a dozen. Now. We have a, it just yeah. may not be we as have good a quick question one. by uh, Bruce Stark. Bruce Stark's one of our uh, favorite listeners. He always um, always comments uh, on the uh, posts and everything like that. He's wondering, is Garrison Brothers only available in Texas? Negative. We're sold in 40 states, give or take now. We're, sold, we're the number one selling, which just cracks me up because I feel like Yesterday it was plastic buckets and bodors, <laughs> but uh, we're the number one selling whiskey in the entire country over seventy bucks. So for the finest, no most expensive whiskey wow. available in the country, that's huge. Isn't that insane? And still somehow I lose money. I, 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 I don't get it. <laughs> I love that. So, so you're available at how many states? Did you say? 40 plus 40 you know plus, there's okay. there's some control state questions so we argue about that but mm. 34 to 42 is the well, standard with answer. that money thing if you're anything like me you never actually have money you're just loosely trying to like shuffle it from one oh, place yeah, to another it's a laundering process yeah all and, and, and somehow all I do is your fingers the whole time you're doing yeah, that so i don't want anything to change i have i have no objective to finish this that would be awful you know worst thing that could happen so, but, but texas whiskey yeah. to, to get to your point i am um, 
we were the first ones to ever legally, which is the key word, make whiskey in the state of Texas. Uh, and, right. uh, and that was, we know that because it took us about three years of groveling with the legislature to get mm-hmm. the laws changed. Mm-hmm. So we are Texas' first legal whiskey. But what's freaking great about Texas is everybody here wants to beat the other guy. Mm-hmm. And so now there's, I want to say there's 160 distilleries in Texas. Wow. Um, and a lot of those are making whiskey, you know, mm-hmm. and, and some of them are packaging whiskey, but there's a lot of them that are making, making it. Yeah. yeah. And our climate and what happens down here, Texas is a big place. So West Texas whiskey to East Texas whiskey would Might be, as well as, be from another country. Yeah, yeah. It, it's literally Kentucky to Texas. It's mm-hmm. that different. Mm-hmm. But there's little pockets of Texas making bourbons that I think are magic. And I think we're going to, you know, we're getting such a rapid education because of our climate that I think in another 10 years, I think that the world will view really high quality bourbons and whiskeys from Texas. I think that mass production will come from elsewhere, mm-hmm. but I think the finest whiskeys in the world 20, 10, 20, 30 years from now is just going to be a, a statement. American whiskey, Texas. You also get the backup of people that live in Texas. Because you know what? People that live in Texas love things from Texas. No, it's 100% true. There is. is no other state that has that this has that sense of self. State loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. The way that Texas does. But what has amazed me about Texas whiskey has actually just been the quality of it. Uh, so I'll give you a perfect example. Texas wine. Hmm? There's some good Texas wine coming out. But Texas wine has not risen to the place where it has the same level of quality and respect and notoriety as, say, California wines. Uh, I'm not saying they're not good. There's some great ones. But you have to look a little harder for them. Whereas with Texas whiskey, it feels like there's been so many great ones that have been coming out. And with you guys leading the charge, uh, that that it has really stood up and said, you know, even before we get to 10, 20 years from now, hey, we are an absolute contender with uh, with Kentucky and, and Tennessee. And I, I feel like that's that has happened so quickly. The, the guys in Kentucky were so gracious to us mm-hmm. when we started. I mean, they would teach us stuff. The, the still that we started with was one of Elmer T. Lee's old Blanton stills. No kidding, yeah, really. So, that's so cool. So everybody in Kentucky encouraged us it was it was mm. it's not what anybody thought you know first of all I, i've got maybe 35,000 barrels aging out there mm-hmm. this year kentucky will do two and a half million barrels mm-hmm. there's not mm-hmm. a company going oh no those garrison <laughs> brothers are coming on the scene they're patting us on the head and saying dude what you're doing is raising the water for everybody yeah, it's raising I, all I, the boats and it's that way with other texas distilleries and that's too, exactly our, yeah. our our feeling is we need to we need to build this brand. We, these distilleries are in ag areas. Right. They're creating jobs in places where people used to have to move from. If Balcones or Old Humble Distilling or someone like that does something that gets more attention brought to Texas whiskey, they release something that's really good. In the long run, that's helpful to you guys, right? Couldn't be couldn't be happier for right. them. We we we, lo- we really are close. We've always felt like the cigar industry was that way a little bit. There is some competition, but for the most part, they really understand that a rising tide lifts all ships. Now, and you know, breweries and distilleries seem to like you guys get together. I asked uh, my buddy over at uh, Eureka Heights, Joel, one time. I was like, "Is there a 
like a secret meeting you guys have with all the different <laughs> distillers. And what's funny is he said there kind of is. Like once every once in a while, we all get together and we just join up at one of the breweries. That's and so cool. All of us just hang out and stuff like that. It's absolutely fantastic. I think that's one of the most amazing. You things. You know what would be awesome is if we could somehow sneak into one of those and just do a live show. Just turn the just turn the mics on and let them go. You yeah. know, those meetings are a blast until somebody comes in that's trying to create a marketing brand. Yeah. And it just it, it it we turn into a pack of dogs. It's pretty. It, it gets ugly fast. <laughs> well, you know you know what it makes me think of is when we did the hundredth episode. Yeah, yeah. And we had so many different spirits people. When we did the hundredth episode of the show, uh, and we didn't do this for two hundred because it was in the middle of COVID, but when we did the hundredth episode of the show. We invited everyone who'd ever been on the show to come, and of course, not everybody could make it. But there were so many people. Oh. Everybody bought, brought bottles. Everybody <laughs> brought cigars. cigars. There were whiskeys. We were there set were up beers. at this long table on this outside uh, patio of the building where I live downtown. And the show went for four hours. That's a blast. And it was. <laughs> no, it really was. That's so much it was, fun. Uh, uh, by the time we got to the last hour, I'm not sure how interesting it was. We had Jeremiah. <laughs> we were all <laughs> blithering idiots by that point. And we had, we had Jeremiah and your buddy Mark talking about uh, talking about how to drain lines for uh, draft beer yeah, in a, yeah. uh, uh, cocktails in a and restaurant. Stuff. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how uh, on point that was, but uh, but boy, was that a fun show to do. And that's kind of what the the brewery meetings or the distillery meetings sound like they would be, you know? There's uh, something called the Texas Distillery Trail and Texas Certified. Mm-hmm. Look it up. It's pretty dang neat. These are guys mm-hmm. that are actually growing their grain, making their own distillate. Mm-hmm. And and you can, it's, it's you know, it's where the Kentucky Bourbon Trail was 200 years ago. Can it's, I? it's cool. It's it's really fun. Can I see the bottle? Yeah, man. Because this is just fantastic. Something. I just really want to show this to the camera, too. The color of it's uh, a blast. I don't know, I don't know uh, Ian. I guess I could show it. I can't see on mine. This I don't have camera. The, Here, I'll tell you what. I'll flip I'll have the that visual. over. There we go. And you can maybe show that to the camera. Because that is just... I just want people to know where that beautiful... Look at that What bottle. that beautiful bottle of whiskey uh, looks like. And by beautiful, so I mean... So most of these have the inside. silver star on it, right? Yep, yep. But yep. you have one over here with the black top. Mm-hmm. So that's and the new package, star, the little strap and the belt and all that's our new look. Mm-hmm. Man, the star is even more engaging on mm-hmm. that. Oh, speaking, of, uh, speaking of interesting packaging, I mentioned this earlier in the show. This is our next uh, beer, uh, Ian, and this is the one where it looks like it's a... Uh, oh, man. It looks like it's a, steel. It looks like it's a logo for a, a, an 80s hairband, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, even the name, Satin yeah. Steel. That is like, what was that band, Nelson? Yeah, That's remember? like totally like Nelson or... <laughs> or, um, uh, or Wild Stallions. Wild <laughs> San Diego's High School Football Rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's try. This is an IPA, so I don't know how this is going to pair up with the whiskey. We'll just have to see, you know, whether this whether this works or not. But uh, uh, IPAs can be awkward with whiskey. Yeah, they, that's, that's normally Although, where I go. Although, here's a weird one. Most uh, well-balanced IPAs, if you back it with a uh, rye, oh, with it's a rye, actually You're 100% pretty darn good. I can see that because yeah, the spiciness of the rye works with the uh, works with the IPA, uh, and it, it works actually pretty darn well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you're you're. That was an accident right. I happened across one day. Mm-hmm. So Ian's pouring and we're passing. This yes. is this is when you sit in that seat. Have you I get gotten to, enough yet? How many do we have? Uh, two more. Two. Three more. more. Uh, yeah, three more. You got one, two. Did you get one already? Three. Uh, And he's got one. So one more, and then you. All right. I think this is me. Fortunately, 
Fortunately, we have uh, a nice tall can here. So, Satin Seal, everybody got one? Did you get one? Oh, I'm not drinking. You're not drinking. Okay. Oh. Right. I understand. So, Ian, uh, tell us what uh, the can tells us about this IPA. It says... Ooh. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy. Because okay, that's good to know. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean the other words? The other words. That's why yes. I'm not drinking. <laughs> oh, uh, you heard it here first. Congratulations! Yeah. 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 Awesome. Congratulations. So, featuring mosaic and enigma hops, uh, says create a world you love. Um, Satin Steel uh, GIPA, which is double oh. IPA, Trim Tab Brewing. From Alabama, pint night fever. Yeah, this is totally like. Yeah, this is totally. Uh, totally going for the uh, disco fever thing. Smooth taste, heavy hop, sixteen ounce, uh, sixteen ounces of groove. It says. <laughs> Love it. And uh, and, and it's coming in at nine uh, percent party slash volume. So it's very interesting that you say you know you talk about groove and and I'm thinking about the logo. I immediately thought hairband, but. But it also is kind of like a '70s disco looking mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. looking logo as well, like a roller boogie type of thing, right? Um, yeah, this on the nose is all like pineapple and citrus. Very uh, yeah, a lot of pineapple. Right? Very intense uh, sort of a nose for a beer. And uh, what hops did you, did you say it was? It was mosaic and mosaic uh, and enigma. And the mosaic is a very citrusy hop, not quite as much as citra, but they've got a real citrusy vibe. Enigma going. hops came from. Uh, Mm -hmm. Star Trek, because they always had some kind of enigma. Some kind of an anomaly. Enigma. Yeah, anomaly. Yeah, lots of anomalies. They need an anomaly hops, too. <laughs> anomaly. There is an anomaly brewing. That's true. True anomaly. Yeah, yeah true anomaly. Yep. You know, but it doesn't finish as citrusy. That's it's mm -hmm. kind of a... It's, it's, it no, you're it right. Finishes it finishes, as, finishes very, very crisp. Mm -hmm. I was going to say tang. Tang? It as finishes in, like, as in almost tang. like a cider. As in what the astronauts drink, tang? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do astronauts really drink Tang? Is that a thing, or is that just a, was that a just marketing, a, uh, marketing ploy? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, smartest. here's the deal. Back in the early 80s and late 70s, they would never have used a marketing ploy that wasn't 100% true. Mm -hmm. Nor would they today. No, Heavens never no. today. Never. <laughs> no, no, no. never today. Um, I kind of dig Small this. Small batch. <laughs> I, I kind of dig this. There it is. <laughs> what do you think, Ian? Do you like this, or is it is the Tang I'm on the fence about the Tang off-putting um, for you? It leaves kind of a weird, sticky, sweet, like right up in the front of the palate that I'm not really jiving with. Mm -hmm. And then there's kind of a artificial fruitiness to it at the end. That's the tang you're talking about. Yes, because tang always had that artificial sweetener vibe to it, right? Yeah, there's just something about this. Uh, you know, my initial here's the thing. My initial couple sips I liked better than my subsequent sips after Interesting. that. Interesting. So it and it, to me now it's getting a little bit sweet and cloying. To, to the opposite of growing on you. Yeah, my nose uh, was like a part. barnacle. Uh, you, the, the nose, nose was, was your favorite, favorite part. part of it. Yeah, the nose, the nose is, is just, good. Nose is just all, all pineapple. Color is a, very enticing to mm -hmm. me. Yeah, there's an <laughs> underlying delicious. malt on the nose too that I was hoping I could taste, but I don't. But taste you don't quite it. pull out of there. Yeah, well, very interesting. Well, uh, I don't know how it uh, will go with the whiskey because I already drank mine. We've so, got more. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I tell you what. Um, well, uh, so we're going to come back though and taste. The, he wants more of the last one. Is this our last one? 
This is uh, this would be the Guadalupe. Yes. Okay. So we want we want to hold on to that for the final segment, though. So let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to do drinking news, and we'll try the Guadalupe, which I'm super excited to find out about because this is what uh, this is what's new, right? It is. And is this already out at retail? Or is it coming? It's out, and yeah, it may have gone. already blown right through. <laughs> it's out and it's gone. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so this is going to be a Chris Hart sort of a tasting. It's like we're going to we're going to tell you how great it is, but sorry, you can't get it next year. Yeah. 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 Oh, next year. Here. Okay. So there's problems. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So uh, we'll take a break, and we will be right back. You've got smoking and toasting show number two hundred and fifty-five, and no one has stepped in to stop. Uh, Charlie, I'm sorry. I accidentally spilled some more of that last one. In Did glass. you into a glass out? Welcome back, my friends. It is smoking and toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes, sir. Uh, we have Charlie Garrison and Alina from uh, from Garrison Brothers uh, Whiskey in the house, and we're going to be tasting something I'm super excited about called Guadalupe here momentarily. But first, uh, Charlie, it's, it's really hard for us to explain to guests who haven't been on the show before the significance of this next segment because against every odd and and uh, and every bit of you know every bit of decorum or good taste it has actually become one of the most popular segments on our show it's a little something we call drinking news drinking news drinking news now it's time for drinking news drinking news drinking news now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh... I had to take my gator to the vet. <laughs> drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> uh, and just a reminder and uh, explanation here: the drinking news is uh, is sometimes, but not always, a story about drinking. But it is always a story that's probably best heard if you have been drinking. Oh yeah, and always and, told uh, while drinking. And yeah, generally speaking, also, by me, yes, uh, I think about seventy percent of the time starts with the phrase "a Florida man." It does, <laughs> but but it's going to be a variant. Not always. It's going to be a variant of that today because an Indiana man, which let's face it. That's just about as bad. <laughs> yeah. My ex-wife lives in Indiana. It's not the smartest state in the union. I'm just saying. <laughs> An Indiana man is facing charges after a hit-and-run accident last week. By the way, we, we do our best to try to ensure that all these stories are actually real. Mm -hmm. they, mm -hmm. they, they're not from the onion. Uh, right. So they've, they've at least appeared in something that pretends to be a yeah, legitimate Yeah, we, we researched that fact by at least looking at the name of it. Exactly. <laughs> Extensively. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Hey, it's better. Hey, Congress passes bills they don't even read, so uh, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're uh, one step above Congress. In, in, <laughs> and climbing. And the Indiana man is facing charges after a hit-and-run accident last week. Authorities say that officers were called to the scene in Evansville, Indiana, at Weinbach and Maxwell Streets around 10.30 a.m. on the 5th, where an affidavit states that one Sean Bitter hit another vehicle and then left the scene. Officials say that Not so cool. Bitter started to flee, 
but stopped shortly after the accident because of the damage that had been done to his vehicle. And it was at that point that officers secured him and put him into handcuffs. They say that he was unsteady on his feet, had slurred speech, bloodshot eyes, and they could smell alcohol in his breath. Police say that Bitter knew he was involved in the accident, but he told officers that the reason he didn't stay was that he needed to go and get more whiskey. Uh, okay. So uh, at least he has a goal in mind. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure what, so what's the story? According to an affidavit, Bitter admitted to drinking Monday night and Tuesday morning before the accident. However, officials say that he refused sobriety tests. <laughs> as if, right? Uh, so just a little tip for you kids. I love, I love that he, he goes, look, I needed to go get more whiskey. But no, I'm not doing your spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have standards. So just, just a little tip for your kids. If you're ever involved in an accident, telling the officers that you were leaving to get more whiskey is probably not your best line of defense. I'm just saying. I'm sure that Mr. Bitter will be looking for an attorney, although I'm not sure who would be, you know, willingly taking that case. I, I think Ru Rudy Giuliani might be available, so there's that. And that, my friends... <laughs> Is your drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. So we always try to find some weird news story. And the funny thing is you can always find Florida man stories and stuff, but they aren't always as humorous as you want them to be. So that's always the challenge every week. They can get pretty dark, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. they yeah. absolutely can. So my challenge every week is to find a story that I think will make Ian laugh. If I can make Ian laugh, I feel like it's it's been a successful uh, drinking news. Dude, that, so first, today, that first one we was did, kind of like, eh. when I debuted the drinking news song, the yeah. one that you had on that day. Was that the one where the pilot flew the no, airplane? No, that was the, the guy with the penis? penis growing out oh, of his arm. Wait, that was the best one ever. Oh. Wait, that, yeah, that, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Wait, what? longest drinking news story ever because I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's the gold standard of drinking news stories right there. They don't always live up to that, but somehow people keep coming back for drinking news. So, uh, so it is what it is. So we talk Texas whiskey. Let's talk uh, Garrison Brothers a little bit. How uh, how did you guys? Uh, fair during the time when you know bars were closed. We know drinking was up during uh, during the pandemic, but we also know that bars were closed, and and particularly I think for a, a, a smaller distillery, uh, a craft distillery, that's gotta have really hurt in terms of sales because a lot of a lot of your pours are getting getting made in in those bars and things. So first question is how'd you guys handle it, and second question is are you seeing it come back? Because we're hearing conflicting things about how the whole yep. bar industry is doing at this point so we i remember it was march 14th march 17th mm -hmm. uh sat down our, our management team sat down and went we're screwed you know what do you do this the whole country is shutting down mm -hmm. and uh so we figured out every single way we possibly could cut money without Cutting employees because right. our family is this is our family. You know, we're there's 67 families involved and we know each other really well. Now this just, is personal. Just so you know, there are other ways to go about that because I worked for Clear Channel Communications many times, Bing. and uh, you know their approach is. Notice he said many times. Immediately, immediately cut employees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was fired by Clear Channel three times. <laughs> I'm not making that up. I always like to say, I'm, I'm not smart. Fire hot. 
I'm not smart, but I learn eventually. Yeah. Uh, yeah I but get no, fired but a lot. no, you're right. The the big companies, that's the first thing they do. Yeah, we, they, we, we took the people. other extreme. It was just that's, panic and so okay, cool. what do we do to keep our team? Because they, they got us here. So so right. anyway, that that's that was step one. Three months later, we went, Oh my god, people are buying a lot of bourbon. They couldn't go to their bars and restaurants. So they were going and to drink. Specs and Total Wine. They went and, out and yeah. said, I'm going to take all the money. We make a stupidly expensive bourbon. This stuff isn't cheap. Right. The way we make it makes it one of the most expensive bourbons made in the world. I'm, I'm absolutely blunt about it. But everybody said, Well, heck, I'm going to spend 50 bucks at a bar. I'm going to go get a really good bourbon. And our business went berserk. That is that is awesome though. It was it crazy. Really is. It really was. It, it was really all is. it was all out. You know the the retailers. But then uh, I was joking earlier about my brother always being five eight years out. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan has become kind and charitable about five years ahead of when we are profitable, right? <laughs> Which makes a complicated charity yes, to build, it does. It right? Does, yeah. So what he did is he started taking Laguna Madre and. And all the events and all the things we did, our Balmeray, and he started using it as a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pretty magical because he, he raised it, a lot of money. Was it raising money for uh, bar and restaurant employees? We have, and we have two groups we really focus three. We, we focus on open spaces, any, any redneckism. You know, mm-hmm. if there's an a, a open space or something like that, we're all about it. The military is, mm-hmm. is a big deal to us. And then lastly was the guys that served our bourbon. You know, yeah. that, that's the yeah. third leg of that stool. And so Dan would run around, and he raised a lot of money. I can't remember, hundreds of thousands of dollars um, selling Garrison Brothers. And he would write checks and hand them directly to bartenders and say, hey, man, I hope this pays your rent for a month. And those guys, as things come back, so we're talking about coming back now, mm-hmm. those oh, Those guys gosh. remember who took care of them, right? They are I the bet co- you have they're, some they're brand awesome. loyalty. Oh, I cry all the time. I, I hear a story a day that brings me to tears about awesome. somebody. It's it's awesome. just so cool. So it's coming back. You know what we're reading is what we're reading. But go check out your bar. It's yeah. coming back, guys. I was so excited when Reserve One Hundred and One opened up because it's right around the corner from my house, and it just I just didn't know if they were going to make it. Like you know, it was it was, and it's not someplace I go all the time. Although I I you know I go there every once in a while. But I was just every time I would walk or drive by them during the middle of the pandemic, I thought, I don't know if they're going to make. Like I don't know, yeah, I don't know if they'll be able yeah. to open again. And it was just such a cool little downtown place. Ian and I had met there for drinks before, and and just when when I saw them open back up, it was just such a happy feeling, you know. I just, think that Reserve One Hundred and One was the first private barrel we ever sold. No kidding. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, how Those cool guys were is awesome. that? How cool is that? Yeah, they're very cool. They're. Uh, they're super friendly, and their whiskey whiskey selection is pretty unparalleled. They're, they mm-hmm. they know what they're doing. Yeah. All right, so talk to me about the Guadalupe. The okay. Guadalupe. Uh, can I say something about this? Yes, yeah, you, you have packaged liquid chocolate in the most wonderful and delicious way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this. I don't think I have anything left to say. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy Toledo. Yeah. Thank you. Batman. Smoking and toasting. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Uh, wow! Yeah, that is liquid chocolate, isn't it? It's almost like uh, it's almost like a a, a a little bit of a, a tingly sensation that you get when you it's, drink. There's, that, a, there's you know? a kiss of floral on the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly interesting too that I can't really pin down. And then the so you have this theme going through everything that we've tried is this mineral water 
deliciousness too, and I love the mineral water flavor. Right, in a lot the of minerality in all when of you get these that, it's, and it's and it's really really nice going so, through. So, so a two second segue on the mineral water, which is just kind of fun, is that that's what started Garrison it's, Brothers. It's cloud it, filtered. It was the, well, no, that that's our that's our water we use for proofing. Oh, okay. When we're fermenting. We use our use limestone water, water yeah. and Texas limestone so this is, is totally different than Kentucky's. Right, and this is so another High reason that the Texas uh, whiskey scene is as quickly good as it is because of the limestone yeah, water. Yeah, parts of Texas are on limestone. Texas, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. the hill country, that whole area is limestone, and it's, it's absolutely 180 degrees different than Kentucky's. Mm-hmm. It's much younger. In Kentucky, when water runs through their limestone, all the minerals come out of the water and into the rock, right? It's old, mm-hmm. it's hard, it filters really well. Mm-hmm. Limestone in the hill country, water runs through it, minerals come out of the water, out of the rock into our water. Mm-hmm. And so when we're fermenting, I get a completely 180 degree different beer, distiller's beer, than Kentucky gets. So if you were to take the same ingredients you're using, but take them to Kentucky and use Kentucky water. Totally different Night bourbon. and day, right? Totally different bourbon. Night and day. Yeah, yeah, we don't know what it would be, but it would be totally be different. It would be an interesting experiment. Maybe you yeah. maybe you should hook up with a distillery in Kentucky. We and, might and have some barrel shipped around do, here and there. Do a little we, something yeah. with them. Not legally. I mean, not, I'm sorry, not legally. <laughs> not legally. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> uh, I don't have two more. Uh, no, so we'll have, to, uh, we'll have to figure something out. Can um, I borrow just a couple of your yeah. little tiny glasses? Yeah, we'll have to figure something out. I, I yeah. So, that. so Guadalupe, the one we're drinking now, is the small batch. Again, everything starts everything small Everything starts batch, small batch, right? right. And then Donna Scott brought in a bunch of Portuguese barrels that he's finishing it in. So it spends at least two more years in port barrels. So I, see that I'm just amazed because everything we're trying today, you're telling me, starts as the same it's juice, all we make small the batch. same all distillate. the same distillate. Yeah, all he yeah. looks for is how to highlight the characteristics that he's getting from mm. wood. That is, that is 100 percent of what he wakes up and worries about every he's day. He's not, he's not listening today uh, uh, to uh, or watching the show, is he? Uh, I put my phone down because I knew that he and my brother and everybody else would send a bunch of offensive texts that would keep me distracted. <laughs> so, I was going to say, it, it, hopefully he's not listening because I was going to say, you probably don't pay him enough. He, um, yeah, yeah, we don't pay any of us enough, but we get a lot of liquor. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, don't give Adam any ideas. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely true. No, but, but seriously, what he is able to do with this same distillate, and the way that he's able to make so many different expressions that are distinctly different from each other and yet come from the same ju- uh, it's it's very impressive this this one is so good i want to wear it <laughs> <laughs> you guys i hope your contracts all have key man clauses and he's the key man the, the catch is he lives in high texas yeah. there's nowhere you can go from high texas that's better High Texas. So you guys are way out in the country. High Texas. We're an hour and a half outside of Austin. Yeah, in the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're far enough out uh, out of Austin that you don't have to deal with that crazy Austin traffic. And Fredericksburg is the next biggest city, right? And it's not a big city. Yeah, that's our that's our city though. Yeah, <laughs> High has one building. It's a well, post we, you know, office, uh, liquor we're store. We're gonna come visit you real soon. Me and my wife are gonna come visit you within the next month. We're gonna be hitting you up and coming out there because holy cow, mm, yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful place. And and so that's what I rely on is please. You don't, don't have to me entertain me. Go. Just show me where the whiskey is and let me go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you followed Dr- Donis with that drill? I got my own drill. Yeah. <laughs> Ian Ian would be happy. 
to follow along behind him with an extension cord. You know, kind of like holding the bride's uh, train on the dress during, be a, a during a wedding. Yeah, it'd be a similar thing. Um, Ian, I just tasted this uh, this beer, getting a little ahead of myself. This is Anderson Valley Brewing Company's Salted Caramel Porter. And all I have to say this, is, wow. This lives right where you got those little uh, square caramels in mm-hmm. the sticky mm-hmm. plastic that you pull each that your end grandma and used to have. Yeah, And absolutely. then they get stuck to your teeth, mm-hmm. and you're still tasting it like an hour and a half later, but it's good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know exactly yeah, what I'm I, know, I know exactly where you are with it. <laughs> oh, My mom baby. has a bucket of these things sitting next to her refrigerator. What you, I've never even seen those outside of, like, Old people's, old people's houses, <laughs> yeah, dishes. Yeah, I'm exactly. not calling my mom old. I, I <laughs> noted. I uh, I grew up in a small town. I used to get them sometimes uh, at Halloween. Oh yeah, they'd yeah. get dropped into the. I bag. had a paper route when I was really young, and uh, I had this lady that used to leave out those caramels and salt water taffy. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. salt water. That I'm convinced was actually made in the 50s. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. Because I don't know if they've made salt water taffy since. When, They're just trying to get rid of the excess. When you, when you take a bite of a salt water taffy and it cracks, that's how you know it's <laughs> it's it's been around for a little while, right? Right. Uh, have you tried going back to the whiskey perchance mm-hmm. after you had a, a sip of this beer? My whiskey is broken. We can fix it. I have a similar problem. My apparently uh, this leads to a complication we call drangry. I thought this was like a lazy Susan. You guys had this thing so figured out. Are you you familiar with drangry? Yeah, (laughs) it ties everything together. You are missing out. Drangry is you know when you run out of a drink and then nothing is there to keep your glass from collapsing in your hand and it turns into a fist. Yeah. And that's Drangry. <laughs> I came up with this concept at one point in time in New Orleans wandering around. <laughs> I came up like, with I know a, that's surprising, right? I've come <laughs> up with a lot of concepts in New Orleans, I can tell you. Very few of them were, Hanging as, out good with as, my friend Leroy. were as good as Drangry. Uh, no, uh, speaking of the Lazy Susan, you actually have missed uh, ordinarily the star of our show. Although with this many people in uh, in the studio, it was, uh, it was difficult to bring him out this week. But the star of our show is a little... Uh, a lazy Susan that's about uh, the size of a 45 RPM record, mm-hmm. uh, and we call it Mr. Twirly Gig. And what we generally do is we'll take the bottle and set it on Mr. Twirly Gig and have it do a sort of a, yeah, do a sort of a, uh, a what do you call it, a home shopping network sort of a yes. twirl. So uh, usually, like, we have four people in the studio right now. Usually, uh, if we don't have guests, we have me and him, and then we have one of our cameras will just be a spare that is dedicated to Mr. Twirly Gig. Gotcha. And whatever we <laughs> place upon him. Uh, so I just want to say these these two liquids were born to be together, in mm-hmm. my mind. Yeah, they kind of form like Voltron, don't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that a Star Wars reference? Uh, it, t- Transformers. Transformers, yeah. No, Sorry. actually, it predates Transformers. Well, so where I, where did it come from? Probably just, just around the time. So Voltron was the one that had the five lions that came together into the giant mm, robot. Mm. Nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're just outside the generation. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was five years too, too soon. Yeah, yeah, you're just yeah, outside yeah. the generation. Yeah. I'm finding that happening more and more and more. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, but don't feel bad. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm finding that... I mean, to, I'm approaching 50. I'm outside of a lot of those generations. Yeah, I, was just, I was just about to say, I'm finding that I'm outside of a whole yeah. bunch of stuff these days. I had to ask the- a second grader what prizes to get for my students uh, so that they'd be excited about playing guitar. So, Stop it. You teach guitar? Yeah. And you smoke cigars and drink he's, booze and talk about truly, it. Truly, he's one of the coolest guys in the world. That's yeah. what I do. What, how? How? <laughs> yeah. I build guitars, too. He's, he's one of Jeez. the coolest guys in the world. That's what... 
And your wife's a badass. Good yeah, for you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you. You've done just fine for yourself. My friend. <laughs> he's, uh, he's done all right. Um, tell me uh, about what this Guadalupe costs retail. If I, I want to buy this. Elena, uh, and I know I can't oh, find a bottle, right? Because this is the one that's, it's, that's it's sold out, out there, but, but it's, it's probably it's sold the out. dusty bottle things. It's going to be a chase. And so will this be coming out again next year? And if so, around what time? Yes and yes. Uh, would we probably July? I want to mm-hmm. say for Guadalupe. Okay, so that's when to look for it. Yeah, and it'll come back out. We just don't make a lot of it, you know. We're mm-hmm. aging stuff in port barrels. What we're doing now, we started four years, five years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, we're not in any rush, you know. We we, we want to grow, but we like to grow with stuff we're proud of. And so. Lena, what's the bottle that going to be like at retail price wise? About one thirty. One thirty, and worth every penny. Let me this tell is you. amazing. Thank you, Thank you man. Because to me, so now you're in, at 130, you're in the um, price range of some of my absolute favorite spirits. I, I generally won't go out and spend 200 sure. on something. Sure. I, I kind of have to draw the line somewhere. But now you're in the, uh, <coughs> you're in the vicinity of um, uh, Jose Cuervo, Reserva de la Familia, yeah. uh, Extra Añejo Tequila, which is the only... Cuervo product that I really like, but it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you're in the neighborhood of the uh, Flor de Cana 25, 25 yeah. uh, rum, and this is every bit as good as it. I mean, it, it really you. is uh, that it is not overpriced, I guess is what I'm saying. No, uh, we appreciate even, it. Even it's, though it's it's not inexpensive, it's not overpriced. Yeah, we, we think we're we think we're think very fair on the price. We uh, The way that we make it makes it really expensive to make, mm-hmm. but if we ever tried... We, uh, Everything that my brother and Donis have ever done is a slight bit more elegant than the last one. Uh, and so it's right. always going to be, that's where we're headed. We're not headed down to a, a lower-priced product. I don't want to make that. Right. Just right. a quick point. You also put in here, uh, quite specifically, food-grade uh, number one white corn. Yep. Uh, a lot of corn is not food-grade. As a matter of fact, I think it's the bulk of corn... Yeah. Yep. That is made and harvested is either used in grade, food right? industry yeah, for yeah. something like that or feed grade or mm-hmm. things like that, but not food grade. It's not what you buy in a can at the grocery store or pick up frozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very small percentage of corn that is grown in the in the wild, so to speak. And I, I've actually had some in cans from certain uh, um, corn, you know, canners that I would describe that as are not, not being food, food grade. grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, if you walk into a Whole that's, Foods and say, I need that to is buy what, your best corn, the fact that you're that's using what they're going to grain corn is yeah. substantially yeah. more expensive. Th- think of white corn. I mean, just, yeah. just oh, the idea of so white delicious. corn, that's what we use. Mm-hmm. And and, it, and everything about it, Dan, Dan day one said, look, I'm going to make the best bourbon in the world. I mean, that is and many I got my times sarcastic more expensive look. than... But I looked at him like, you don't know how to make any bourbon. So what right. do you mean so you're going to make the best bourbon in the, the world? Yeah. And that was his mindset. And he never strayed. So, yeah, the I corn we use is multiple times more expensive. Yeah. The fact we don't sour mash, it's a bunch of whiskey stuff, but we don't reuse our grains. We don't sour mash. The, the amount of distillate that we keep when we make our cuts, and this is for all you whiskey geeks out there, is half of what we could keep. We could cut our cuts in half tomorrow if we kept more of our distillate. That's just not something we're willing to do. And it's great that during COVID, when you were looking to cut costs, that that's also a place you didn't cut. Yeah, we, we you know? every time we've ever made bourbon, we've never made bourbon more affordably. That's just the way it is. It's just the way it'll <laughs> always totally, be. There's I a totally reason this it. is priced at its price point, mm-hmm. and you're still getting 
bang for the buck right. on it. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back to close up the show and ask final questions. What a joy this has been with uh, Garrison Brothers and Charlie Garrison and Lina. And, oh, my God, this Guadalupe. Oh, my God. It's so good. We will be right back. It's smoking and toasted. Salute, guys. <laughs> Smoking and Toasting, the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And uh, th- this show has just been so much fun for me today. Uh, the the uh, Garrison Brothers has been just outstanding. We've had some very interesting beers, and uh, you guys are fun to hang out with, I have to tell you. I've had a ball. Uh, yeah. I mean, this so, is just... Like, so, and I'm still thinking about your... You wake up every day, so you're not here. <laughs> I have some questions for you after the show, by the way. Yeah, all right. All right, all right. very good. Should, should I know I have to go, but should you just keep going then? And, and just FYI, it sounds like I have a job. But if you ever have a position opening up where you need someone of no discernible skills, don't look <laughs> yeah. any further. You need to be an executive. Yeah, that, that's what Dan that's what, and I bring to the table. Or, or a senator or a congressman. <laughs> that. that would work perfectly. I can say a lot of things that mean nothing. Absolutely perfectly. So, uh, so guys, this, uh, this whiskey, I mean, it's just, it's so easy when we're sitting here and enjoying these samples to kind of wax philosophical a little bit about where Texas whiskey is going. I think what you said earlier about 10 years from now, uh, Texas whiskey is going to be thought of as the preeminent American whiskey. I, I don't know. I almost don't see how that can keep from happening. I mean, we've had some other great Texas whiskey companies on uh, that have been Every bit is impressive in their own ways, and you guys are just still just leading the charge, oh. and it's it's it makes me proud to be. Can from I just Texas. say cowboy whiskey? Can I say Balmore and then this thing? Uh, yeah, oh, oh, oh this. yeah. No, it's 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 a dog that's on a bone, and we know it. All the Texas guys that are making bourbon, we or whiskeys, mm-hmm. we know what we got. We, we we sense what's five ten years out, and we're fired up. Yeah, it, I I can I can only imagine what it's going to be like. When you read that somewhere by Jim Murray or somebody who writes Called that it Texas is now the American whiskey uh, leader, the American whiskey location, how how much have um, how much have you guys grown in uh, in in the past few years? I mean, are you are you? A- let me ask the question a different way: Are you able to keep up with the demand as your? Um, as your whiskeys continue to win awards and as you continue to be recognized for what you're doing? We're super cautious. So, yes, the answer is we're able to keep up. Uh, we grow intelligently. I'm not trying to open every door. Mm-hmm. So we're really particular about who we partner with and who mm-hmm. we grow through. But, uh, yeah, we're, we um, four years ago, three years ago, we got the big Johnson, which is our new still, which is a 2,000-gallon pot still. She runs 24-7. Wow. Um, we're making a lot of bourbon, yeah. so we'll, we've grown like so a weed. Your whiskey every year. goes from the Big Johnson into Elsie. We've got Fat Man <laughs> and Little Boy in the Big Johnson. <laughs> we got uh, the Copper Cowgirl was Mister Lee's old Blanton still, and those are all out there just working their butts off twenty four seven making that. bourbon. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Well, I we have no cooth is what we have. This, and, and and please, you know what? There's a place in the world. 
for things that aren't PC, <laughs> and I'm there with you. Yeah. I was just about to say, you said you have no couth, and I was just about to beg you, please don't go trying to get any. Yeah. Please. please. Uh, what you do have, though, is our admiration and our thanks. A wonderful, 100%. wonderful product, and we so appreciate you guys coming and sharing it with us uh, today and letting us in on a little bit of the fun that is uh, that is Garrison Brothers. Uh, it's available just uh, you know all over the place. Obviously, we come from Texas. We're very proud of Texas, but the show is heard all over the place so you guys should be able to find Garrison Brothers yep. and they can find you on the web at garrisonbros.com that That's shouldn't us. be too difficult and we've to got find. a way you can order right there and we'll we'll send you to your nearest liquor store sounds so. like a plan thank you guys again Fantastic. for being on the show it's a, it's been wonderful next week uh, Ian we are out at um Presidential, Presidential Cigars in Spring, Texas. Emperor's Cut. With huh? the guys from Emperor's Cut. Apparently, yeah. they have a new cigar that they are super excited about. Great. I enjoyed the last time we had them oh, on the show. They, they were wonderful. Cigars we were nice. They great people. They were so fun. Yeah, They're such fun positive people. Like, I, I they. Know. Exude positivity like the whole time. It's really nice, and, and it's just it's just a wonderful thing. So I'm super looking forward to that. And then coming up on the 28th. A show I've been trying to get together since we started smoking and toasting. I'm proud to announce that Charles Justice will be joining us, the cigar smoking astronaut. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes, and and his wife and my friend Dana Steele will be uh, with us uh, as well. Dana was a, a fixture on uh, rock and roll radio. If I could find Houston my old steel worker button, oh, dude, if you could find it, on, you totally have to wear it. She was on for 101, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You totally have awesome. to wear it for that show. That would be that would be amazing. Uh, that would be awesome. So, so a couple of great shows coming up. Thank you again so much. Couldn't have Charlie more fun. This is just a blast. I'm uh, not going yeah. anywhere. Right, we'll just good. stay here and sit here and talk just, for a couple hours. You guys just hang out and drink. I have to go do a call. Thank you, everybody for watching. Thank you, Adam, on the Wheels of Steel. Thank you, Tiffany, for drinking with us today. Tiffany in the background. <laughs> Have a great week, my friends, and as we like to say on Smoking and Toasting, cheers, cheers y'all. <laughs> <laughs>